0: Hi, everybody.
1: Welcome back to a regular episode of Big Apple Hockey because we've had enough special episodes the last couple of weeks. It's nice to actually just be back and doing a nice, calm show, which will have no breaking news in the middle of any of our big stories. I, of course, and your host, Mark Williams, I still like doing this one because this one looks a lot sexier than the other one that I have on there. And the man that has enjoyed quite a good stretch for his team, Mr. Anthony Morocco.
2: Yeah, I think ten, think ten, three and three in their last sixteen. Um, they're they're rolling, and uh, you know, last week, Mark, this this four game stretch, the Red Wings, Sabers, Penguins, Capitals. You said the Islanders were going to go four and zero. They're off to a good start at two and zero. So two big wins, and you know, last night's, more specifically, was tremendous. They needed the two points in regulation. Yeah, I There's going to be it. at least.
1: I think there's going to be some kind of letdown game at some point because you can't just always keep the pedal to the metal the entire time you got to ease up. So that way, you know, the car can change gears at all, but that's, that's what's normal. But you kind of expected was pretty much what they're doing right now. I mean, I I think they came back, I think it was one nothing against the Red Wings, four straight goals, st- uh, stormed them out of the building uh, last night, a little bit of controversy. We'll get to get to more on that in a second. And also, I mean, then you got the Penguins who, the 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 Penguins. We're going to talk more about that. They're going to have a big week with the New York uh, the New York teams uh, coming up in a moment. Because everybody, let's go right to the A Block. John Vuckowski will be joining us uh, in the next segment, guys. He's just running a little bit late, but uh, we're going to have the fully operational Death Star ready to go. So we're going to start with the New York Islanders, who they're the ones that played the majority. Of the games this week because the new york rangers uh they, they both played two games I, I i can't believe such light scheduling this week for both teams but um all right we're gonna start with the islanders right now fourth place in the metropolitan division 74 points 33 25 and eight that goal differential anthony that has gone up by 10 over the last two weeks so that is a good thing too right now they're holding wild, wild card spot one pittsburgh one point back and I had Buffalo four points back, but really it's Florida that's two. Here's really the full Buffalo's
2: standing. six points back.
1: Oh, I'm sorry, six Islanders. points back. Yeah. Well, well, like I said, I was going over the full standings because <laughs> uh, I didn't change around the headline on that one. So, I mean, you got Florida who does have a game in hand on the Islanders, but the Islanders, it doesn't matter because they already have the win. Uh, they have two, two extra points on them right now. We Four. talked about their their massive eleven game stretch, and now Anthony, we're talking about this coming out of it before they hit the California Trail. Their next two games at Pittsburgh versus Washington, and they are six two and one in their last nine games. And I thought this was going to be a make or break point of the season. One thing we're going to talk about extensively, both <laughs> in the A Block and in Bar Talk, everybody, Ilya Sorokin since the the Boston game where. Uh, Matt Barzell went down 4-1-1, 9 save percentage, and a 1.65 goals against average. But first things first, Anthony, let's go to the, uh, the, the, the controversial goal last night as, uh, as Hudson Fashing got the game winner, and here it is right here. Um uh, wow. <laughs> All right, and then they said that they waved it off. All right. Anthony, first things first, was that a goal?
2: Yes, by NHL, by NHL standards, rules, yes. Rules 37.4 uh specifies clearly um foot or skate. Um yeah, Hudson fashing uh turned his leg um was more of a deflection than a than a than a kicking motion um you know you even have a referee dave jackson mark uh talking to us on twitter former ref states that it's a goal arthur staple covers the rangers said clearly a goal 100 percent i mean really honestly the only people saying no goal no offense, our Ranger fans and and Saber fans. Um, so uh, when when the you know when the un, you know impartial pros, if you will, calling it a goal just speaks volumes to it. Um, with that said, I mean the whole the whole instance of 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 kicking and redirecting it is pretty gray. Um, I'll say that I do think they need to re. I, I do think they need to kind of reevaluate that a little bit. Um, but definitely. Definitely a goal. The league got it right. And, um, you know, I, I, could, I could see why, you know, Sabre fans may be sour about it. But, um, you know, it's a goal. By textbook in the rules, it's a goal. So that's, that's really what I have to say about it. Yeah, the way I said it, and as
1: Andrew's talking about it right here, absolutely not a kicking motion. How are people even making an argument for it? Um, I think he moved the knee forward, and maybe it, it kind of kicked off the shin. I tell you what, I saw that in live. I watched it in slow motion the entire time. Now I watched it yeah. in live time. Yeah, that's it's, it's a legal goal either way you cut it. It's a, still a kick, but it's, it's a legal goal. I think one reason why, and let me address the Rangers fan part of it. I think one reason why Rangers fans are salty is because, say, the Apani goal that was uh, two weeks ago that he turned his skate and the foot comes forward, and I think that one's a kick. This one, I think, is much less of a kick than that. I think that is a very fortunate bounce that just hits right off of him and into the net. It's, it's one of those things that is, is hard to believe, but it, it is what it, it is. what it is. It, that's a goal. And I think, as you mentioned just now, that uh, Dave Jackson, the ref, said, yeah, and he, and he was very clear with what it was mm-hmm. on our Twitter page. But also, uh, Arthur Stable, he even said it even
2: faster. You can't – it's off a skate. That's it. Can't have a kicking motion off a shin. Yeah. In Hudson fashion, and if you look at the replay, he actually took one hand off the stick because I think his natural reaction was to maybe like kind of catch the puck and put it down. And then obviously he realized that wasn't going to happen. And he just kind of, you know, turned his leg. And that's what some people don't understand. You're you're allowed to – you're allowed to read – you know, even if it was off the skate, you're allowed to – purposely direct your skate to hit into the puck and have it going. You just can't, you just can't physically kick it. So what Fashing did was he turned his leg to position where the puck would bounce off his shin guard and go in the net, not a kick. It's it's strategic and it was a redirect. And again, not off the foot, off the shin. So it's all moot anyway.
1: Well, so let's start with this big 11 game stretch because I've been emphasizing it. We've been talking about it on the show the last two weeks. It begins with the comeback in the third period against the Pittsburgh Penguins. And then they get slaughtered in the, in the game against the Bruins. That's no surprise. Everybody gets slaughtered in a game against the Bruins as of this year, they come back, they get another sure. third period, comeback versus the Pittsburgh Penguins. And that really, I think propelled them. I mean, sure. They lost to LA. I'm, I, I'm trying to think of more of their losses, in this span, they lost to LA, they lost to uh <laughs> Minnesota, but they beat Oh, uh, they they beat Winnipeg twice. Oh, they, they beat mm-hmm. Winnipeg once, no, they beat him twice.
2: Twice, so yeah,
1: twice. The Rangers that lost to Winnipeg when uh, Car, uh Connor Halliburton turned into a wall. So, Anthony, looking at this situation, look at the way they are at right now, even with their games that they played over everyone else. Did the, the Islanders, not man, anymore, now, folks.
2: Yeah, it doesn't matter anymore. They hold their destiny in their own hands. Buffalo um, has three games in hand, but the Islanders are six points ahead of them now. I mean, Buffalo would have to would have to win all those games in hand um, to just tie the Islanders, and that's not accounting for any more points the Islanders are going to accumulate in the meantime. So, um, last night's win was absolutely huge in being able to you know get a cushion on some of those teams. So. Um, you know, solidify. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, nothing's a guarantee, uh, but you know, what, what they've done lately has put them in the driver's seat to control their own destiny, essentially. Um, you know, now they got another really big game against Pittsburgh, you know, cause they're, they're one point up on Pittsburgh right now. Again, Pittsburgh has three games in hand, but you know, if the Islanders beat them again, you know, now they're three points ahead and you know, it's, 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 and again, we got to remember: games in hand mean nothing if you don't win them. So the Islanders will be three up on them. Mm-hmm. Um, again, they'll be they'll be in the driver's seat there to really kind of hold on to a wild card spot one. Um, and what I alluded to you before, which I guess we get a little bit more into when we discuss the Rangers, but now you're starting to talk of you know the Islanders are five points behind the Rangers now, and you know if they if they keep winning games, and then you have the Rangers playing the Penguins three times next week. It's a win-win for the Islanders because either the Rangers win and help you further you know, pad your lead on the Penguins and bury them or the, the Rangers lose and now you're, you're getting closer to the Rangers too. So either, so either situation for the Islanders and their fans specifically doesn't really matter. You're, you're going to get closer to one of them. So, um, yeah, that, that's, the Islanders right now, are, they, should, they should be looking up. Um, like I said, they control their own destiny now pretty much. And they just got to keep winning games, you know. But, again, Pittsburgh is going to be a big game tomorrow. You know, you lose to Pittsburgh. Now you're, you know, behind them by, what, one point, and, and they have those games in hand. So it might be, you know, a little tougher. But um, still, though, uh, come out. Keep doing what you're doing. And lately they're playing Barry, Trost, Barry Trotz-esque hockey in terms of their defense. They're not allowing a lot of many chances that they have in the past. And they've been locking it down in their, their third period um, record lately. In the last what do say? In the last, uh they've been they've outscored teams fifteen to one in the in their last. How I forget the mem- the number of their third periods. It's probably lately. seven. It's probably the last seven um, to nine games. Yeah, I think it's roughly somewhere around there. Um, they've outscored their opponents fifteen to one uh, before Oposo scored last night. They hadn't allowed a third period goal. I think in like eight games. Yeah. Um, so they're really, they're really shutting teams down. And uh, right now, you, you know, they're all doing this without Matt Barzell and John Gabriel Pajot, So that makes it even more impressive. So definitely good things right now. Good vibes are getting hot at the right time. Um, and just keep the train moving.
1: Well, do you find this more impressive that, or that they're, they're doing this without Barzell? So were they kind of like dumbing the game down a little bit and not taking as many chances Or is it just like other guys have stepped up? I mean, we're going to go back to one of them in a moment.
2: I mean, I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, I do think without your most dynamic and most talented player, you have to, you know, change things up a little bit. Uh, But also at the same time, you know, players have have stepped up. I mean, I mean, Bo Horvat, he's been a beast in the face off circle. His time on ice. And I told you, you're going to see his value. Yep. Absolutely. Um, you know, Hudson Fashing is a hound on the puck. I mean, Zach Brise, Zach Brise has been phenomenal for the Islanders. Um, so they're getting contributions with everyone really pulling their weight up and down the lineup. I mean, even a much maligned Josh Bailey scores a big goal last night. Um, so and then the, the, the really the leading candidate who's leading this charge, who you're going to segue to in a second. You know, he's he's out there, you know, running the ship right now. But yeah. So to answer your question, a little bit of both. It's really been a little bit both in the absence of Matt Barzell,
1: and again, you got to look over at what Ilya Sorokin <laughs> is doing. He 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 is just stepped it up greatly, as you were saying, and we're going to be talking about it further in the Bar Talk segment about uh, how he's just really taken the the team on his shoulders. And um, and look, there's there's a lot of good things to mention. And you look back a couple weeks ago after losses to. Uh Ottawa in overtime, uh Montreal in overtime, and uh they lost another game. they were supposed they, they had six winnable points and they ended up getting two. And that that was all of us were ready to abandon ship. Right now mm-hmm. they're they're right where they need to be. A win over the penguins uh in the next game would really just make don't worry, Anthony. This is my dogs yeah. that are yelling at this one. Yeah, so,
2: uh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's Sorokin. Though I'm not really surprised, um, really, at anything he does anymore. Um, he's he's one of the best goaltenders in the league. Uh, he's easily the Islanders MVP, um, and he stepped it up, you know, even even more. Um, those numbers, you know, speak for themselves. Um, you know, and he's gonna he's gonna carry the. Even though Varlamov is very is very capable. Um, Sorokin is going to carry the load for the Islanders down here, you know, down the stretch and, and you know, get them into the playoffs. But, uh, yeah, he can't really say enough about him. Um, his preparation, just everything, how he approaches the game, his athleticism, uh, he's, he's, you know, he's unreal.
1: And let's be honest about something else. They don't win that second game against Pittsburgh without Ilya Sorokin knocking down that shot uh, from Chris Letang. Like that, yeah. that doesn't happen. And, and, and of course, obviously everything else, by the way, yeah. uh, everybody, just a reminder, SeatGeek powers the A block. Make sure that you use promo code Hockey for your first order to get $20 off. All right. We're going to switch gears to the Rangers, but first we're going to uh, satisfy our friends over at the Hockey Podcast Network with the DraftKings. Uh, uh, Read.
3: Hockey fans light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 dollars pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot and an even bigger payout Download the DraftKings Sports app now Use promo code THPN Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do Only at the DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN About one per customer Minimum $5 bet Minimum $5 pregame money line bet that must win $150 issued as six dollars free bets. Free bets are not cashable and cannot be withdrawn. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling, and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-Gambler.
1: Every time I hear myself on the fine print, I just want to just crawl into a hole and die. Uh, yeah, cool. By the way, uh, Anthony, uh, I'm glad John Bubb made this comment. Uh, so he did most of the math for me. Because uh, I've been trying to do this math for a while. I think 95 points. Get you in the Eastern Conference playoffs now. So the Islanders would have to go 7, 6, and 3. That's a little bit above NHL 500. That gives them 95 points. If that happens, Florida has to go 11 and 6, and Buffalo has to go 12 and 7, and Ottawa has to go 12 and 7, <laughs> and Washington has to go 12 and 5. That's Herculean tests, and that's why it's it's just don't worry about it, just get in. The next part after you get in is, get ahead of the Penguins so that way you don't get Boston. I actually think the Islanders end up being a decent matchup for one of the teams, and we're going to talk about who's going to win the Metropolitan Division at talk everybody. So uh, let's get to the other team in New York that didn't play really that much. I was at the game uh, Thursday night, as you know, and I blew up my voice, Anthony. It was a lot of fun. Uh, the New York Rangers right now third place in the Metropolitan Division, 35-19-9. Goal differential of plus thirty. They were shorthanded in both games to Ottawa and Boston. They were dominated down low in the Ottawa series, the Ottawa game, and Boston. Uh, I think there were a couple of really good goals. I thought they played well for the most part, and then uh, Boston wore them out. But the Rangers goals against since February sixth, fifty goals against Anthony. That is twenty third in the NHL. This week, the Rangers head off Sunday, and their next game is tomorrow night. Is there concern for the Rangers, or was this just a much-needed break that they needed?
2: I mean, I definitely think there's a little bit of concern. I mean, you, you can't look past that the fact they've dropped six of eight. Um, you know, their you know, most important player, uh, essentially, Igor Sturkin, um really hasn't been that great all year. Um, you know, he's down to a, a 909 save percentage. Um, you know, so there's, yes, there's, there's certainly reason for concern. Um, granted they, they did build themselves up enough of a cushion for a while where, you know, they could afford to, you know, go on slumps like this, but, um, you know, that, that might, that might catch up to them. You know, as I mentioned, the Islanders are five points behind them. The Penguins are six points behind them. Um, and they got the Penguins three times. Uh, next, you know, and then they're, well, in their next six games, they got the penguins three times. Um, you know, so that's a little, you know, that's a little close for comfort. If, if, you know, the penguins, you know, get the better of them, you know, that lead they have over the penguins could go from, you know, six to, to three, you know, and then, you know, and then it's, it's, it's really close. So for the Rangers, you, you want to start winning hockey games cause you never, you never really want to, you know, drop. But then again, I don't know if you realize this, um, there's really no difference between finishing third in the Metro or the first wildcard spot, because either way, you're going to get either New Jersey or Carolina. Um, I would so, agree with that, yeah. So even, so even if they did fall to, let's say, wildcard one, um, their matchup's not going to change. It's going to be the same as it is right now, which is either New Jersey or Carolina. Um, so it re- in position one, really won't matter that much, but it's just the optics of it. You, know, you were in, entrenched in third you know, firmly for so long to, to kind of drop now, it's just, you know, like I said, it's just really the optics of it. You don't want to have that, that feeling of where you got passed. Um, but you know, hopefully they get healthy. Um, I saw Arthur Staples report earlier. Ryan Lindgren was in a, um, he was in a no contact Jersey, but Tyler Mott was on the ice. Uh, so hopefully they get Lind- Lindgren back cause he's important to their defense. Uh, you know, and also, too, they've had some practice time now, so Kane can get acclimated. It seemed like in his first two games, they were, they were really forcing things. Um, actually, oddly enough, as DP just says right here, Panarin keeps telegraphing his cross-ice passes. Um, you know, they're just, it, it's just, they're like I said, they're just trying to make things happen, and it's not just kind of, you know, happening organically. So, um, but they got a lot of skill on that team, uh, a lot of skill. So, uh, you know, eventually that skill is going to come out in games and, and take. Take over, but um, you know, for the Rangers' sake, you want to start to see that happening sooner rather than later. Um, and again, it all starts with Igor Shesterkin and their team defense. Um, you know, they can score as many goals as they want. You know, have high octane Canes, Benajad, Panarin. Um, you know, if he if he keeps giving you this level of goaltending and and the team defense doesn't tighten up, it's really not going to matter. So it's time for the Rangers to kind of start to play solid hockey in all areas of the ice.
1: Yeah. This is one of the things that they really need to clean up and clean it up fast. Before the all-star break, they were second in the league in goals against, uh, yeah. not goals against per game. It was just goals against total. Cause I think there was one or two games that they had on New Jersey and uh, they were just behind Boston. Any event though. So you have these four days off, they go to Montreal, then they go to Buffalo, then they go to Pittsburgh. Then it's home for Washington, home for Pittsburgh, home yep. for Pittsburgh. A, a back-to-back home series. Uh, New Jersey's got the same thing against Tampa at that time. Uh, Nashville on the nine, uh, on the 19th, that they're, they're coming to the Garden. And Carolina in and, and a back-to-back. And then Florida. So two things, by the way, and you mentioned this before we went on. And you've mentioned this to me for a little bit. Either this is a win-win for the Islanders in the entire schedule Either the Rangers finish off Pittsburgh. Either the Pittsburgh gets, brings the Rangers a little bit closer, uh, Carolina, uh, everything. And then Florida, the Rangers get Florida. I also want to say this. I want to find whoever made the NHL schedule this year and punch them right in the freaking face (laughs) because like Pittsburgh three times in eight days. Are you kidding? Uh, Six days. Three times in six days. Are you kidding me? They don't get well, the islanders who I mean, they're competing with for a playoff spot <clears> since <throat> December. Like and and New Jersey one more time.
2: I mean, it's what? still it's still a division rival, right? Though I mean, if you want to see more inter inter div, well, not interdivisional games, you want to see more games within your division. And the Rangers have three that's of them part. against a rival. So yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying, but you know, three times against a team like Pittsburgh, that's what you want, no. You want? Yeah, I'm reminded of.
1: I'm reminded of. I think I want to say it was 2020. The Rangers and Islanders played uh, three times in eight days, and then one more time (laughs) in February. And then, I mean, it ended up being one of the last games of the season because obviously, the world ended. But still, it was. Um, it's it's the schedule makers really let everybody down. Imagine this Wednesday night, for instance, (laughs) Anthony, if it was Rangers versus Islanders. And that it was like within three points of a playoff spot. That's a huge game. You're really going to see them go at it, not just like at the beginning of yeah. the year when we yeah. first did our well. That, show.
2: That's why this this game this game the Rangers have against the against the Devils, um, you know, is is the, the devil, Sorry, the Canadians. You know, really important because you know the Islanders play the Penguins. So either way, a team behind them are going to get points in that game. So. Um, if the Rangers were to lose to so the Habs, which, I mean, I don't see happening, but if the Rangers lost to the Canadians, you know, if the Islanders beat the Pittsburgh, now they're only three points behind them. Or if Pittsburgh wins, now the Rangers are only four points behind them with the Penguins only. With Penguins having them, a game with, in hand, I believe. Yes, with, with those three games then coming up next week. So that would be, um, you know, really, really kind of start to put some – hot fire under their feet a little bit. So the Rangers definitely have to beat Montreal Thursday, no ifs, ands, buts about it. They got to win, and they got to start, you know, picking up some points again here.
1: And it's it's one of those things that you can't take things for granted in the NHL because also, and anybody that could tell you in almost any sport, regardless of what it is, you don't just go, oh, we're playing a last-place team, a second-division team. Mentally speaking, you're not in it because you're thinking they're not that great. Yeah. They then have nothing to lose, so they call up somebody to do something. Hell, Met fans, we saw this all throughout the, the month of September going, oh, they're playing the Marlins. They're going to be fine. Oh, wait, they just lost two or three to the Marlins, and the Braves won two or three. So it's just – it's, it happens all the time in sports like that. Take your opponent seriously every single game. So right now we're uh, actually I, obviously I'm sitting here all by myself at the moment. Yeah. How are you doing today? This is a nice intimate moment between all of us. But uh finishing up though, I think I think that Igor Sturka is probably going to get corrected. Best goaltending coach in the league is Benoit Lare, and um, and they got to tighten up their defense. You got to stop playing with five D and eleven forwards. And I still, for the life of me, cannot figure out how there wasn't a suspension hearing for the Ottawa Senators forward. And the worst part is, I listened to the NHL Network and they were saying, "Oh yeah, it shouldn't even been a, a five minute penalty." Are you kidding? Yeah, guy left his feet. He led with his elbow. That is elbowing. That is intent to injure. Should be suspended five games at least. But you know. Obviously, you could spear Filipino in the balls, but you can't, you can't spear uh, whoever the Flyers got, uh, whoever uh, Tony D'Angelo got. And by the way, I still say this all the time, Anthony, if, if people ever say to me, oh, I miss Tony D'Angelo, they're, they need to get a mental capacity test. It is just like that. It's, the guy was a total delinquent, and he would have done this, this stuff as a Ranger too. So, uh, going on a little bit further with this, uh, the Rangers get Mont. Like I said, at, at Montreal, at Buffalo, and uh, at the Penguins, and and those are three great, ro- uh, three important road games. And the Rangers only with eight losses on the road all season. Let's take some of your comments while I'm waiting for the guys getting on. Um, uh <laughs> would you guys punch each other's faces in if the Islanders and Rangers <clears> faced off with each other in the playoffs? I would expect, nonetheless. Well, it would be a long reach to to punch Anthony from the other side of Long Island, but uh, no, I wouldn't. I am actually, as I said, as I said to Anthony earlier today, I am a, I am, I am also a bartender. So as much as it would be great for the channel and great for everybody to watch. Oh my god! I am gonna be breaking up fights every freaking day. I still don't, I still don't get it. Yeah, I still don't get it. And uh, I do have to say, I probably, I would probably do ESPN via the digital package. I don't watch ESPN anymore, and there's no reason to watch ESPN if, if you're a hockey fan ever again. Uh, Anthony, as we kill one more minute. Waiting, uh, waiting for Phil. Um, did you did you see the um, the the clip of Stephen A. Smith, the internet short of him saying, "Oh, uh, 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 let's go Rangers," and I know you guys are all mad because I said they didn't count.
2: Yeah, I did. That's I mean, it's just, yeah, it is ridiculous. Very right. ridiculous.
1: Yo, know, your apologies in a in an internet short.
2: All right. Yes. I mean, I, I don't t- sure I don't take any. That guy says at face value.
1: Uh, it's just, it's, it's absolutely, it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. And yeah, only the headlines. Yeah. But, and, and he, he knows more than that, by the way, core, he, he knows a lot more than that. All right. So, oh, we'll get forward to our full team tomorrow. Uh, more so for Wendy to come back. Okay. Oh, by the way, uh, Flett, welcome to the show and oh no I would never say the word mixologist I'm a bartender mixologist is definitely the most pretentious thing in the world all right Anthony let's clear out these banners let's do some bar talk and uh hopefully hopefully we'll get
0: Phil on as soon as possible
2: shot this is the easiest cyber dancer
0: let me say beer I can't even begin to describe
1: I'm actually gonna go crazy I'm gonna buy everybody around on this one Well, everybody, welcome back to Big Apple Hockey's Bar Talk, where we're gauging our confidence on NHL topics based on our choice of drink. Are you so confident that you're buying everybody around? Or are you just like, so-so, I'll have a beer, or I'm going to take a shot on this, all right? So play along down in the comments below, and our Bar Talk is always sponsored by Drizzly. Click the link below. Why go to the liquor store when you can make the liquor store come to you? Call Drizzly and make it a Drizzly night. And, oh, by the way, the Big Apple Hockey Hats are coming in soon. Should have them in within a week or two. Anthony, we talked about it before. Igor the circuit since the All-Star break. 6-3, and three, 8.68 goals against, and a 3.5. Oh, sorry, uh, that's the same percentage. Jesus, that was the goals against. It's pretty good. And uh, 3.54 goals against. That puts him at 37-31st in the league among goalies with five starts. Ouch. Rangers need to play Igor Sisterkin more.
2: Um, I mean, I don't uh, – I mean, I get, yeah, he's obviously clearly, despite his struggles, he's definitely the Rangers guy. Um, but at the same time, you know, if he's playing like that and Halak maybe gives you some, you know, quality starts, I could see why maybe, you know, they, they wouldn't play him so much based on his performance. But um, I do also see it on, on the flip side of things. You know, if you play him more, maybe – you know, maybe he gets, he gets his game back, um, but until he does that, I could see why Gallant would kind of, you know, alternate or, or get Halak in there more because right now it's not like when he puts the Sterkin in, you know, he's, he's playing really well. It's not the case, so I'll, I'll go beer here. All right. Filk, first off, welcome in. It's great to have a fully
1: functional Death Star right now with our own Mr. John Pukowski right down there. Phil, the Rangers need to play Igor Sisterkin and more.
0: Uh, beer, I, I guess. Uh, I I don't know how much more you can actually play him down the stretch without like completely wearing him out. Um, it just Yaroslav Halak has has technically been the more consistent of the two goalies but um uh, you need to you definitely need to ride igor at this point but how much more they they how much more can they actually ride him like you, it really you'd have to look at the schedule and, and and see what opportunities they have at this point really to kind of get him you know, extra games in so i mean here so let's see here we have all right so there's one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen fifteen sixteen seventeen eighteen so there's eighteen games left there's one back to back and that that's new jersey and buffalo on the 30th and the 31st i mean you're gonna have to play halak in one of those games Do you really play Igor 17 of the last 18 games? I don't think you do that, but, um, no, and Igor should not be not at all be playing back to backs at this point. There's one back to back. There's no reason for him to play that at that point.
1: Yeah, no, no, that one, especially when it's New Jersey and Buffalo.
0: Yeah, there's, there's no reason for that whatsoever. So, um, the, the the stretch the, the schedule that they have. I mean Montreal, they should win that tomorrow night. If they don't, then we have some problems to look at. There's Buffalo, oh, yeah. Pittsburgh, Washington, Pittsburgh three times in one week. Just nuts. Whoever did the scheduling sucks.
3: <laughs> <laughs> quit, please,
0: please quit your job. Carolina twice, back to back. Then there's Florida. Thomas Jersey. It's not exactly a favorable schedule, but it's not a murderer's row either. So I I wouldn't, uh, I I really wouldn't be playing Igor Shusterkin that much more. So I'm going to say beer just because I I don't think that they've played him less recently. How many games has Halak actually played since the All Star break?
1: Well, he's – uh that's a great question too, actually. I wish I had that number for you. But I, I do have to say this, that they – with the All-Star break, plus there was uh, the couple games before they went out west, the Rangers ended up playing him basically one period of hockey in two weeks. He has not looked the same since then. He has looked – he looked pretty good against the Flyers. And I know this is not going to be – this is going to be a controversial opinion, guys. He was good against uh, the the Capitals two weeks ago, and he was kind of good against uh, the Bruins on Saturday. The goals that beat him were they were goals, they're goals yeah. on any goal. So yeah. I'm not gonna really freak out about that. But he needs to see the puck. He needs to, I, I'm not sure if he's up with the tempo of the game at the moment because they've they rested him too too damn long. Like two weeks without if he's starting goalie when he plays a period of hockey, half a period in the all-star game, that's not enough. It's not enough
0: okay. for hockey? So and he hasn't Halak, been the same since then. So Halak has played six games since the All Star break. He played against Calgary. They beat Calgary. They beat. He was in net for the win against Carolina. He he was again. He played against Calgary again. It was an OT loss. He was in for the loss against Detroit, which was not a good game for him. He was in for the loss against Washington on the twenty fifth and he was in for the loss against Ottawa. So, uh, oh, But
1: Hawak went into the Washington game in relief of Igor.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. He yeah. went in for relief. All right, so you know what? That's Igor's game. We'll give that to Igor then. All right, so he's really just played five games since the All-Star break, and they had how many games remaining at that point? I mean –
1: uh, I would say maybe like 27, like I think it
0: was <laughs> like something like that. So, I mean, to, to, to play in 25 games, Uh, I don't know. I, uh, I, yeah, I mean, I gotta say beer, but it, it just, it seems like they're, I don't think they're going to play him much, much more. I think he gets maybe two more starts.
1: All right. Well, Let's go across the river. Go to the other Russian goaltender who has turned it up since the February twentieth. Four one one was Ilya Sorokin, nine four nine save percentage and a one six five goals against. Anthony, I'm going to start with you. Ilya Sorokin has been driving. Have been the driving force since Matt Barzell's injury.
2: I mean, is there is there a layup button? Um, I know uh, I know guys have picked up their game lately. Um, yeah, they they've picked up their game lately, but um, you know Ilya Sorokin. Those numbers speak for itself. Um, you know he's he's been he's been a wall lately. Um, but again, as I said at the start, I'm not I'm not really surprised anymore. Um, I mean he's in, he's entrenched himself as you know one of the best goalies in the league uh, all year. He's been their MVP a 926 save percentage um, overall in the season, um, you know, outside of Matt Barzell, uh, you know, he's, he's their, he's their best, he's their best player. Um, and as long as he keeps playing at the way he does um, the Islanders, you know, have the have the Trump card on all these teams Blow him that are chasing him. And um, he's really going to help them, you know, get into the playoffs. Phil. layup just another just another layup the only thing
0: i'll say is that the islanders have tightened things up defensively and they've definitely done so um i it's it's not like they're playing with an improved defense corpse it just seems like they've started to pay more attention to details uh rangers take notes because that's what you guys need to do big time but um The Islanders have definitely paid a lot more attention to detail in their own zone. And it's actually reaped some benefits as well. But the question is, has been the driving force? Yes. That's a layup. So
2: round.
1: And uh, I'll make it a clean sweep. I want to say it was some other driving forces. You have Bo Horvat and Brock Nelson right behind him. Who's also played really well. And Lane Lambert really seeming to kind of be in control of the situation. Two weeks ago, Anthony was predicting he might be a one-off coach. Uh, right now, he looks like he might be a, a coach of a playoff team, and it's getting a little bit closer every single day. Guys, Timo Meyer did not waste much time score his first goal as a New Jersey Devil. He only he scored it in the first period of being a Devil. So the Devils mm-hmm. will catch the Carolina Hurricanes. Mr. Fikowski, I'll start with you.
0: This is actually a tougher one. Um, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say round, actually. Ooh. Um. I I don't like the way Carolina is playing lately. I, I just don't. I, I I think the Devils are playing good hockey. They're playing good hockey at the right time, and, and Carolina just did not go and make any significant additions um, at the deadline. I mean, you, you want to call Shane. Uh, Shane Gossesbier and Jesse Poliarvi are not enough needle movers for me. Um, uh, They needed to replace Max Pacioretty in that injury, and they they didn't go and do that. And uh, honestly, I think I'd rather play Carolina right now than the Devils. I really do. Mm You know what? The goaltending between them is comparable. I know Vanecek is relatively unproven, but I I just think the Devils have a style of play that uh, is very conducive to wins. And what's going to hurt them in the playoffs is probably going to be the lack of experience on that roster. That's really what's going to get them. But I I would rather play Carolina. Um, Carolina, to me, just seems like they're almost just trying to hang on to that spot and limp in with the division because they're they're not making any such sort of progress to try to get away from New Jersey. New Jersey just does not seem to be relenting on this. So I'm – I'm
1: taking Jersey right now, funny
2: enough. Anthony. Close to a round, but uh, I'll, I'll, I'll stick with the beer. But I certainly think it's in the cards. Um, you know, New Jersey has been – I mean, they dropped a tough one to Toronto last night. But, um, you know, I really like the way they've been playing. Uh, I think Carolina could have done a little bit more at the deadline. Um, you know, and don't forget that the lead is only four points. For a while, Carolina had a real healthy lead over New Jersey – uh, it's trimmed down over the last few weeks. Um, but I think the devils realistically could catch him. Um, you know, especially adding team home higher to the mix. Um like John said, the goaltending is relatively comparable, but um I think the Devils have Good the devils. tools to catch it. And I think it's one of those divisions that's gonna be decided on you know the last weekend of the season. That's how close I think the Devils are going to make it.
1: I'm gonna go beer on this because I think both coaches of these teams really know how to focus in on the regular season and trying to go after the best available seating. Now, in the case of uh, Rod Brendamore, he's already won a president's trophy, won a division last year. He he knows how to do it. And Lindy Ruff has done it for years with the, with the Buffalo Sabers, And he's won a president's trophy with the Buffalo Sabers as well. I think he can still keep the foot on the throttle. Now we're talking about the playoffs, that's a different animal that I think experience is going to factor in regardless of which one of these two teams get the Rangers and, you know, and or the Islanders because that also could be a factor as well soon. So hopefully, hopefully we'll see more out of it. But this is going to be a a nail biter. And think about this uh, with like midway through the third period, it was the Devils that were up on the Maple Leafs and Carolina was down. Carolina ties it, wins in shootout. And the devils end up dropping it in regulation. That's that's a big, big swing of momentum. Speaking about Carolina, Shane Gossaspear, two goals, two assists, four points in two games so far. Sorry, three games so far. The Hurricanes is minus one. Shane Gossaspear is the best under-the-radar acquisition. Uh, I'm gonna go shot on this one, guys. Um I I like Shane Gosses a lot, and I don't know if I really like Shane Gossespeare for the Hurricanes, I think the Hurricanes needed they needed some offense, but I think they needed more of like a bottom six guy that could be better on five on five. That's where Gossespeare's weakness is, but uh, his years in the desert have been pretty good. But I, I just don't, I just don't see it for the uh, Carolina Philk
0: shot. Me. There's no way you're gonna tell me that this guy is the best under-the-radar acquisition for any team at the deadline. I'm sorry, but, I mean, is he a, a good player? It's not really a needle mover by any means. Um, I, I just – I and, again, I know the question is not the best acquisition, but the, if you want to talk about the best under-the-radar acquisition, I, I, I got to look at Rasmus Sandin. Like, mm. Washington got Rasmus Sandin – <laughs> and, and that could actually help them now and moving forward. So I, I mean that that's a real that's a real good acquisition that nobody's really talking about. So um, I, I just I, 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 yeah definitely a shot here.
1: I I got to agree with you on that one, Phil. I don't think anybody's. I don't think that's even on anyone's radar. Anthony,
2: um, I'm going to go shot too. Uh, I think. Like the Oilers adding Nick Bukestad is a pretty under the radar acquisition. Yeah, he's a solid a fourth line standard for them. Adds some more size to their lineup. Um, I even like talking about under the radar. You know, Minnesota added two, if you want to call them middle sixers, with you know Mojo and Gustav Nyquist, who's injured, but he's going to come back for the playoffs. So I added them, you know, two two I, depth. I like that. Two, well, not really depth, but secondary scoring additions to the lineup. Um, and this is no knock on Shane Gossespierre. I think he is a good offensive defenseman. It'll help the Hurricanes. Oh, yeah. But with those previous two, I think they were better under-the-radar acquisitions than him.
0: Yeah. Wait, uh, wait. Did I, I actually call this one ape too, for Toronto. I, I, you, know, you, you went and you just got a real solid, tough, physical defensive <clears> defenseman <throat> for Toronto. And that, that's, that's another under-the-radar acquisition because everybody's talking about – O'Reilly for Toronto. Um, I mean McCabe and even Lafferty, another real good acquisition for you know Toronto. Give them a lot of depth in that bottom six, too. Mm-hmm. Nolachari. Yeah, Nolachari
1: yeah. and, and Lafferty are two that really stick out.
0: Like mm-hmm. uh, yeah, uh is probably not even in the top ten of under the radar acquisitions I could think of.
1: And uh, thank you to Core Python who pointed out. I mean, it's one of the toughest names to spell. I thought I had it correct a couple different times, but it's uh Gostas Gostas Be B here.
0: here is basically just if you if you sound it out like that, that's the easiest way to spell
1: it. I mean, that definitely sounds like a Buffalo Wild Wings like like slogan, Gostas Be here. So anyway, the Toronto Maple Leafs have a four-point lead over the Tampa Bay Lightning for second place. In the Atlantic Tampa Bay needs. Home ice to beat Toronto, Mr. Anthony Morocco.
2: You know what? It's the longest time I've kind of beaten the drum that the Leafs are going to lose again in the first round. But after the moves they made and then seeing how the Lightning have struggled lately, it makes you think it's going to be a lot closer than, than most people think. And I think that, again, Tampa Bay, they've played a lot of hockey over the last three years, making as far as they did, it takes a toll on you. I don't think they're as deep as they were have in years past. Um, and the Maple Leafs right now add a lot. So, yeah, I think the Lightning are going to need every advantage they can to, to beat the Maple Leafs in the first round. And obviously, being the home team and that second seed will help do that. So, um, you know, I think uh, if they can make up what the four, or five point difference, uh, it's five points that Toronto's up on them right now, um, that would be beneficial. I think it could, you know, ultimately maybe be the deciding factor um, in who advances because game seven in Toronto. Um, as opposed to Tampa Bay, obviously, you know, you like your chances more if it was at home, clearly. It goes without saying. Um, but I do, I really do think they might need the home ice to get by Toronto. So I'll actually go round here.
0: All right. Phil? I'm going to go shot. And the reason for that being is that it this, this implies that they can't beat them Without home ice, and I, I definitely don't think that's the case because I, 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 if you give me one goaltender in the NHL to go win game seven on the road in a, in a playoff true. series, it's Andre Vasilevsky. And without a shadow of a doubt, there is no one I trust more in that net. And he hasn't been playing great as of late, but that dude is the NHL's version of Mr. October net. And yeah. I, I am... I have all the confidence in the world of him, especially against Toronto's goaltending. That's going to be the difference in this series is goaltending. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to say shot for it, um, but I will say this. Anthony brings up a great point about a lot of hockey. Um, You always have to look back at the 83 Islanders uh, or the 84 Islanders rather when Edmonton beat them for the first time and how much mileage they had on their bodies. Winning those four straight, and then getting there and facing a younger, rejuvenated, uh, you know, hungry Edmonton Oilers team, and that's maybe what this is going to be like. And that that it, it will play a point, it will play a a, a part in it. I uh, I'll say, but to to doubt Andre Vasilevsky on the road in Game Seven <laughs> against a team like Toronto with that goaltending. Oh, man, you're, you're, you're really walking a fine line there, Mark.
1: Uh, and I'm going to say this before I say what my response is. Phil, so you're saying that maybe Mitch Marner, or Austin Matthews, walked by the Islanders. Uh, sorry, in this case, it was the Islanders' locker room. The story was Wayne Gretzky, everybody. Uh, after at the Tampa Bay locker room, saw them with the, uh, the ice bags on their knees and saying that's what it, it takes to win, and that's yeah. what might motivate them through this. As as the story always goes with the Edmonton Oilers, when Wayne Gretzky saw that, he thought they were all celebrating. They were just they were just yep. like hanging out in the locker room, just drinking a beer. My mm-hmm. answer shot, but I have to say that because after all, Tampa made it back to the Stanley Cup Finals last year. They didn't have home ice in any of their playoff series, and I he, Phil hit the nail on the head. If there's anybody I want in net in the playoffs, and my life is on the line, please, Andre Vasilevsky. No offense, Igor Sisterkin, Ilya Sorokin, or even um
0: Martin right now but yes, it, he it's... has ice water in his veins, just and,
1: and if he's up in the series, it's over. That's how much it is. He is, he like, is. If they're up in he the, the series great. and there's a chance for him to close he you out, you're not getting done. a goal. He all is, right, let's go across it. all the way to the Pacific, guys. This is the standings in the Pacific division. Unbelievable. And the Pacific Division is a complete toss up. Filk.
0: Way up? (laughs) You just posted four teams that are separated by what? Four points? Four points. (laughs) What what was this supposed to? Is this supposed to insult my intelligence? (laughs) (laughs) Come on, man. You literally posted the freaking four teams. And you're like, oh, well, what what does four minus two equal? <laughs> I don't know what. I, I really don't know what other response you were looking for there. But, um, yeah.
1: Right. All right. All right. So I guess that's a round right there, huh?
0: Are you dead? Right, but- just said it.
1: All right, so wait, Phil. So, but who do you think is going to win the Pacific, though?
0: That's a different
1: question. Then you should have asked that and then made it a multiple choice. Oh no! Well, uh, but there is no multiple choice. It's it's round. It's technically this is Anthony's uh, suggestion. So I have to
0: wow, Ant, that. Wow! <laughs> Didn't know you were great at basketball, Anthony. All right, who do you think does win the Pacific?
2: Me.
1: Uh, actually, know. Phil, I want to get his response first.
0: I don't have to go with Las Vegas. All right. Okay. I just think that they're they're too talented of a team. They, they Their structure is too well. I don't try. Even with L.A. and Corpus Salo and Gavrikov, I just don't trust L.A. Um, yeah, I don't uh, – I don't trust any – and I don't trust Seattle. That goaltending is still – I don't know how they're still winning games, but that goaltending is a flaming bag of dog shit. And, um, you know, Edmonton – you know what? I wouldn't be shocked if Edmonton won it. I really wouldn't. Conor McDavid just goes into overdrive and somehow breaks 160 points and breaks the entire internet. And starts having the conversation of is this guy on Gretzky and Lemieux's level? Then you know what? Who who would be shocked? Not this guy.
3: <laughs> Anthony, who you got?
1: And by the way, first is the Pacifica toss-up.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's obviously around this four points separate first and what fourth. Um I can see any really any four of them making a you know decent run at it. Uh, but I'm actually I'm actually going to say L.A. Um, you know, Vegas. Logan Thompson, as we all know, is out indefinitely. Um, so right now they're left with Aiden Hill and Jonathan Quick. Um, you know, Jonathan Quick's safe percentage with the Kings was, if you I don't know if you looked, was was heinous. Um, you know, I don't know he'll be better in Las Vegas, but um, I, I don't know. I, I think I think L.A. I, I just it's just a feeling I have. I know Vegas is more you know, more experienced as, you know, being the team that has the most recent, you know, playoff success, if you will. Um, but I don't know, something about LA. Uh, I like the makeup of their team. I like Dino, I like Kopitar. Um, I like Adrian Kempe, I think is one of the most, one of the more underrated goal scorers in the league. He's got wheels and he can really score. Um, I, I added a Gavrikov. Yeah, I, I just, I mean, it can go either way, clearly. There's, there's all the teams are so close. Um, but I'm gonna say the Kings right now.
1: Uh, I'm gonna actually just make it e- the clean sweep and buy everybody around, But I'm gonna say it's gonna be. Uh, I'm just gonna stare at it for a second. Yeah, it's gonna be Vegas. I think it has to be Vegas. I t- I don't trust Edmonton's goaltending. Uh, no matter who it is, Jack Campbell is just atrocious. He has been awful. Mm-hmm. Uh, now yeah, he that they is. got to be or better. Jack Campbell. Uh, I mean, LA is so up and down, though. I don't even know what to think about them. And can you imagine saying Phoenix Copley games, uh, game one star?
0: <laughs> like, I
1: mean, <laughs> oh man, that's that's oh, that's Katie rough.
0: Copley trying to win a series. That one's gonna be fun.
1: Yeah, that's I just don't oh, even man. know how that's gonna happen. Guys, we're gonna stay in the West, and we're gonna go to the Calgary Flames. Flames trail the Winnipeg Jets by four points right now. The Flames aren't dead yet. Anthony, I'm going to throw this one to you.
2: Oh, beer. Um, although it looked like they might have been. I don't know if you guys saw that the Wild actually scored in overtime last night, uh, and they got overturned for offsides. The Flames players came back on the bench, and they ended up winning one nothing in a shootout. Um, you know, they got the two points, and now they're four points behind Winnipeg, but I mean, listen, this is a team that we all picked to go really far. Um, hasn't really come to fruition. Well, all of us picked them they've, to win the Cup. Yeah, they've struggled. But, again, it, it is just four points. And to be fair, you know, the Jets haven't been playing playing the best hockey of late. Um, so, you know, four points is doable. Um, but it's going to be tough because the Jets, despite not playing well lately, are a good team. Um, but I'll tell you this, if the Flames are going to do it, Markstrom has to be the Markstrom, start to be the Markstrom that he was last year, which his shutout you know, last night's a good start. And then Huberto has to be a lot better. Um, him and Kadri have to score more and put up more points because right now Tyler Toffoli is a leading goal scorer. While he's a good player, when you have a guy like Huberto on your team, that shouldn't be the case. So some of these other guys are going to have to pick it up, um, but it is doable. But I'm not sold that's definitely going to happen. Thus, the beer answer. Phil.
0: Well, technically, it says the Flames aren't dead yet. So they're only four points back. So how can this be anything other than a round, technically? I guess technically you're right. Uh, it just – right, so you're, you're four points back. You can easily make that up. And, I mean, Winnipeg, with the way that they're playing, has, as Anthony said – has not been good as of late. Two six and two in the last ten. Why? Well, yeah. To me, I, I, I'm not. Yeah. This is this has got to be around. I don't know how it could be anything other than around. Layup.
1: All right. Well, you know what? You got me on this one, Philk. Uh, but this was also Anthony's. But <laughs> it's um.
0: the
2: Flames, you know but the what? flames uh, have been really. Consistent. That's no, but the, the, the point. Four,
0: the four, words are the flames aren't dead yet. So we're talking about right now at this very moment, correct? Yeah, they're four yeah. points back. Yeah. They're not dead.
1: But the Jets, by the way, they've
0: fallen off a cliff. I'm not, I'm I'm not even, right. All right. So here, here, here's a good one actually to kind of come to your defense a little bit, Anthony. Metaphorically dead, not actually technically eliminated. No, they're not even close to metaphorically dead either. They're actually very much alive. They are. All right. Dead. Well, you they talk, you talk
1: me into it. it. They're oh, not. God. They're not dead yet. But then again, uh, they w- uh, Winnipeg does have a game in hand. But what does it matter? They're going to lose it anyway, yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, you know, that's thing.
0: You got to win those games in hand, as we talked about with the Islanders earlier. And yeah. then, Cody, Jets have fallen off the cliff and in every ugly plant <laughs> plant <laughs> way down. Yes, they have.
1: All right. So they, I have gonna... the New York
0: Jets lately. <laughs>
1: Right, actually, the, the New York Jets have won just as much uh, as of late as the Winnipeg Jets. All right, let's move on to the Arizona Coyotes. They're four four and two of their last ten. Coyotes are playing their way out of the Connor Bedard sweepstakes, and uh, I'll, I'll start this one off, guys. It's a beer because a lot of teams are, are that are that bad right now are starting to play really well for some reason. Columbus. Columbus is. Uh, I mean, they've been playing a lot better on the eye test. Chicago is six and four in their last ten, and uh, I mean, Columbus ended up being four four and three, which is uh, a miracle compared to where they've been. And Detroit is trying to get back into the Connor uh, uh, the Connor Bernard uh, sweepstakes, but uh, I'm just going to turn it over to you, Phil, because I have to blow my nose.
0: So the only teams that would be in the Connor Bernard sweepstakes. That have actually tried to play, you know, play their way more into it lately are Philadelphia and San Jose. And every other team in the sweepstakes, otherwise, has actually been playing pretty well. You know who's also 4 4 2 in their last 10? Anaheim. And Anaheim has 50 points as opposed to Arizona's 54. So, yeah, um, the, the Blues. Yeah, you could you could talk about the Blues and and everything that they're doing. Obviously, they just got rid of a, a bunch of talent, uh, but they're uh, I wouldn't say that they're not even close, but they're they're still got to leapfrog a few teams. But I think this Bedard sweepstakes might be a lot bigger this year than it's that the the number one overall pick sweepstakes has been in previous years. So no. Uh, shot that I I wouldn't say, actually, you know what? I'll say beer just because they, they are sort of in a way by winning, but they're not because they're not losing any ground on anybody. Really?
2: Anthony. I'm going to go beer because if you, if you look at, if you look at the lottery odds, you know, from the worst team in the league to the fifth, the fifth place team, the the odds are, are a lot less. And right now, I mean, could they, I don't see them ending up being, you know, the worst team in the league or the second worst team in the league at this point. Um, they're only three points worse than Montreal and Vancouver. Um, so, yeah, I mean, for me, they've been doing a little too much winning. And, again, you know, they're, they're that, they hold the number five spot right now in the lottery. And, sure, well, anything can happen, um, I, don't, I don't like those odds. Uh, right now, I, I think Columbus and Chicago – as the two worst teams in the league are, are in the driver's seat for Bedard here.
1: I think it's also difficult when you're trying to quote unquote tank, because if you're tanking, then you're not, it's, 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 you're, you're basically saying the organization, we want you to lose. They tried tanking for McDavid. It didn't work. They tried tanking for Shane Wright. It did work. Then they passed on him Um, in a way right? that that's still weird to me. Um, and like, they haven't won a lottery like ever. So I don't, don't go for the lottery because you don't know whether or not you're going to get there. And as it stands there right now, there's a seven point gap between them and the Columbus Blue Jackets. The Chicago Blackhawks have a game in hand. This is where we're talking about this in reverse <laughs> the Blackhawks win a game. They're still behind them. And San Jose is up a game on them. San Jose is the one that's really going for it. 2-7 to 1 in the last 10. Yikes.
0: Yeah, they already got rid of one of their, like, premier players. And, yeah. Well, I, I think Eric Carlson's probably going to slow down points-wise as well. Yeah. Well,
1: it wouldn't be as big of a mistake as what the NHL might be doing because they're talking about bringing franchises to Houston. That sounds like a good one. And they're also talking about going back to Atlanta, Philk the NHL would be making a mistake, bringing a team back to Atlanta for the third time. This is an easy button as well. I have to throw this one out there. We talked about it before, but I'll just going to throw my round up there right now as well, guys, because it, 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 this is like, I I put a meme up on our Instagram about this, where it was uh, uh, Rachel McAdams and mean girls saying, stop trying to make fetch happen. Well, it's not going to happen. Well, yeah, stop trying to make Atlanta happen. They don't want hockey. All they want is to reroute planes and drink Coke. Anthony.
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'm going to go around. Uh, it is kind of interesting that now, you know, I know butcher grass was the original one to, to kind of in, insinuate about it with his tweet on trade deadline day. But since Kevin weeks has made a couple of tweets about it, um, Seems like something might be going on there behind the scenes. Uh, the only diff, the only thing I'll say, the caveat. Apparently, they're saying that the arena would it would be in Alpharetta, which is a suburb, and they and I guess they feel that hockey may do better in the suburbs as opposed to in the city. So, but even still, though, I mean, I could think of cities that deserve a team more than Atlanta. Um, you know, Quebec is in a great market where they love hockey. I mean, they have arena there. It seems like makes a lot of sense i know the economics in canada plays a role in it but still um you know i I would do houston which they've all butcher Gross's weeks has also talked about but i would do houston before atlanta too so um it's a round for me
0: Phil, i'm actually gonna say beer um the, the reason for that being that i i understand the trepidation with two previous failures there but when you have unstable ownership and, and poor front office, that's what happens. And look at Seattle and look at Las Vegas. They come in to unconventional hockey markets that nobody thought would ever really draw like they have the way that they have and, and have the success that they've had as early as they've had it. And you want to know why they did? Because they had stable ownership and they had good front offices. Ron Francis has come in and has done a hell of a job with Seattle. Hell of a job. If that team had goaltending, they would be winning that division outright by a country mile. But you have two goalies that have sub-900 save percentages. I mean, it, it's – and I get what Pete's saying there. That, you know, the suburbs, not a great idea. I do agree with that. Um, but I, I think if you had a better arena – and you had a better front office and stable ownership, I I think Atlanta can succeed. There is history there. Um, When they were actually winning games, they were getting crowds. And the problem was, is that Atlanta was brought in under the, the, thrashers, I should say, were brought in under the old expansion format. They didn't have the luxury of being able to, to make deals, to have teams not take certain players and get all those draft picks like Las Vegas and Seattle did, and they didn't reap the benefits of it. Uh, You know, the way that everything works now, it's just a lot better than it was, you know, 23 years ago when Atlanta came in in 99, 2000. So, but again, you ended up getting Danny Heatley and Ilya Kovalchuk in back-to-back years in the top three of those drafts and that helped put them on the map because even though Heatley didn't stay, Heatley turned into Hossa and Hossa was there for their, you know, for two of their best seasons and Kovalchuk was there and Kovalchuk was a franchise guy. But um, again, you need stable ownership. You need a better front office than they had. Um, Don Waddell seems to be doing a better job with Carolina than he did with Atlanta. I'll tell it. Well, we can all agree on that. But you get a real good general manager in there that knows what he's doing. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I do think that it can work. I don't know if it will, but it can.
1: Uh, John is saying uh, Alpharetta is where the rich folks live outside of Atlanta, Is very quiet. Hockey would do horrible there. Wow. All right. Actually, I thought he was going to say the opposite, but no, he's he's uh saying it's it would be that. By the way, Phil, if you remember all the trade tree videos with Steve Dangle, what's yeah. the one rule? If you made a trade with the with the Atlanta Thrashers, you won that trade. Yeah, That's more crazy. than
0: likely. Yeah. Yeah, right. I mean, Waddell just did not do well for them. The, the deals that he made were not good. I mean, I, I I get the Heatley for Hossa deal and why it happened, but they lost so much on that deal because HOSA was gone in a C sea, two seasons basically two seasons two and a half yeah. seasons. It, it, it was the, the two thousand seven two thousand eight trade deadline that he went to Pittsburgh.
1: Yeah, so, in two thousand seven, he was in the only playoff series that the the Atlanta Thrashers had, yeah, and they were swept by the Rangers.
0: Yeah, and the the Rangers absolutely neutralized him.
1: Yeah, and then you don't get anything for Ilya Kovalchuk when you oh, when Johnny you Avery, trade him. Yeah.
0: I mean, yeah, they it was, it was Bird fours, a first round pick, um, and and nothing. They got Natsu. I think Johnny
1: Oduya was in that trade too. <laughs> yeah. It All right. Was just
0: yeah, terrible.
1: All right. So that'll do it for Big Apple Hockey's Bar Talk, everybody. Well. Once again, don't go to the liquor store. Have it come to you. Make it a drizzly night. Click the link in the description below that we have right there. More importantly, there was a segment that I've been waiting to do for a while, and I'm actually very enthusiastic to get to it. Uh, it'll it'll be one of our impulsive reactions. We're going to be asking the questions, why is your team not going to win the Stanley Cup? Uh, shoot. Um, sorry, I had the wrong video. There it is. <laughs> Calm down. Get a Don't do one on the phone. Joe, simmer down now. I'm freaking out. Okay, because like I said, I've been waiting to do this one for a while, and I couldn't wait for that. By the way, everybody, if you want some good, great hockey equipment, great selection, low prices, go to Pure Hockey. Click the link in the description down below. So, uh, I've I've wanted to call this. I've got a bad feeling about this. Do the star Wars lines, but guys, take I'm going to ask the question with each one of the playoff teams. We're going to be as quick as possible on these. Why won't your team win the Stanley cup? And what can they improve on? Phil, I'm going to start with you because I'm going to start with the New York Rangers. Why aren't the Rangers going to win the Stanley cup?
0: Well, there's a multitude of things. Um, uh, I, I will say it, the lack of, Attention to detail on defense is probably the most glaring of all issues. Um, they need to start playing a much better team defensive game. And it's not just the, the defense, it's the forwards too. Um, Gerard Gallant is a big issue because I, I, I don't trust him with lines. And I, 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 his lack of adjustment really, really concerns me. He just doesn't seem to know how to make adjustments when you know, the tough gets going. Uh, Jacob Truba is, is a big issue. Uh, his play drags down Keandre Miller and Keandre Miller has not been great as a late either. He's been running around way too much out of position. Um, I, I gotta say that the lack of shutdown defensive forwards in, in the, in the forward group is just, is not, is a big, big concern. I mean, I love that kid line and the way that they could forecheck, but, um, You're telling me if you had someone like Philip Deneau on that third line over Philip Hedel, would you trust this team a lot more? I I think I would. I I like Trocek, and I thought that he was going to come in and be a better defensive forward, but I think defensively, he's left a little bit to be desired. Um, I'll give that he's been playing with, you know, Artemi Panarin, who really has not been a great defensive player this year. He's been better in previous years than he has this year. Um, and then you, now you got Patrick Kane on that line, too, who is, is just a defensive dumpster fire. Uh, I, I just think that they're a little too one-dimensional, and I, I also think that they're a little too soft. I, I, I think that they, um, they they just don't get enough physicality from certain guys. Like, Kane's not going to play physical. The, the question really with Kane is, can he play through the physicality? really the question and Chris Kreider your boy doesn't he plays like Casper the friendly ghost he, he he doesn't hit anybody despite being 6'3 230 being one of the fastest and strongest players in the NHL he plays like a guy that's five six but like Yvonne Cornway mm. you
2: know,
0: it just it, it's you know you shouldn't have a guy that's playing like half of his size um so yeah, are are Temi Panarin and Patrick Kane, are they are they gonna be perimeter players from playoffs or are they gonna actually try to fight for pucks? Because that game against Boston they didn't look like they wanted to play at all. And, and just they this team needs more heart, it needs more skill needs more determination. And I really have if they could beat the Devils, great. Can they beat the next the, the team that they're gonna play in the next round after that? Maybe. But is Igor Sisterkin going to be Igor Sisterkin, or is he going to be this flip-flopping fish out of the water that just is giving you great game, then crap game, and you don't know what you're going to get from one game to the next? Because if that's going to be the case, nothing else is going to matter at all. It's not. Don't even bother at that point. The, you, you, the analysis ain't going to matter. But you know, the real question is. When they get to a team like Toronto or Boston, if they get to the conference finals, because they're going to face one of those two teams, are they really going to have enough to deal with the heavy type of hockey that they're going to deal with when they get to that point? I don't know at this point. I don't know. Unless somebody gets these guys to gross set of balls, mm-hmm. I I not
1: I might need to take another helmet toss from Jacob Truba. Anthony.
2: Uh I mean I'll, I'll keep it quick because John already said a lot of it, but um uh they won't win the Stanley Cup because Igor Shosturkin is not is not playing to an acceptable level. Um their overall team team defense doesn't help him out and help his cause. Um they played way too loose. Um and like John said, I, I question if Panarin and Kane. You know, are going to do what they need, what you need to do to win in the playoffs, and engage more, engage more physically, and and really back check, and really give it 100% in all three zones, not just the offensive zone, um, and their overall just grit. Um, So yeah, those are the reasons why. I would
1: have to say one of my things on this is can Gerard Gallant get them to play tough hockey, and can Gerard Gallant get them to play the way he wants? because I don't know if he's going to come up with the right combination or worse bail on the combinations that he comes up with immediately, because I don't know what Gerard is going on, is going to do. He he's, he's such a, I, I like the guy so much, but it's, it's frustrating because you don't know what your line is from, from minute to minute. And this is where I talked about adding Patrick yeah. K would be a problem. I'm still on the bus. I, you got me on the bus. Now I'm excited for it. But I still have to say this. Now you got Capo Caco not playing on power play units at all. So you're going to get fans saying, why can't Caco score 700 goals and whatever? Like, dude, it, this is what's been his development. It's been demotion, the demotion, the demotion. The uh, is some of it on him?
0: Maybe. But I don't know. I, I, the one thing that I don't get is he, he just made – Two big dumb dumb moves to me, and uh, um, uh, actually one big dumb dumb move and another move that I think he needs to change. So the big dumb dumb move is the power play lines. You took all the passers and put them on power play one, and you took all the shooters and you put them on power play two. Why would you do that? Yeah. Why? You're are you yeah. forcing someone to shoot the puck? If if that's the case. Why are you taking the number two power play goal scorer in the league and putting him on your second unit? What yeah. are you doing? Like yeah. someone, and, make it make sense to me, please. And, and is the second the
1: unit really good? Of-
0: from a struggling middling of the pack power play and putting him on your second unit and giving him less time so you can put – Two passers in Panarin and Kane on power play one. Amazing. And the other thing that needs to be done, the thing that he needs to do is Panarin and Kane are two defensive liabilities right now. Break them up. Put Kane with Zibanejad and Kreider because not only do you take defensive liability number two off of that line, you put him with a better defensive player in Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider. Now, this line is exactly like the line that was happening in 2018-19 before Zuccarello was traded with 20, 93, and 36. Yes. And you have a playmaker on that line. You have two finishers. And you have a guy, at, at one of those two finishers, that can finish and make plays. Then your second line is 10. 16 and 91. So you put a shooter back on that line. So if Panarin wants to defer a little bit, he has a good finisher to defer to, and it gives more size to that line because that line is small and perimeter. You need someone else on that line that could do some, do something down lower along the boards, aside from Benny Trocheck. It's it's gotta change.
1: <laughs> and you guys will never get cheated out of an energetic answer from John. <laughs>
0: Anthony, <It's> why?
1: Stupid. <laughs> Anthony, why won't the New York Islanders win the Stanley
2: cup? I mean, well, um, it's cause you know, they're going to in all likelihood be a wild card team unless, you know, uh, the Rangers really come on glue here against the penguins and the Islanders, you know, can, can make some headway on them. But, um, you know, they're listen. They're going to have to play. They're going to have to play a really good team, um, likely in the first round. Either the Boston Bruins, if they fell the wild card two, or the Carolina Hurricanes, and um, if they stay in wild card one. Um, both those teams are very, very good. Especially Boston, and they're on. They're on the. They're on a league of his own of their own, pretty much. Um, you know, there's really. There's really no. I can I don't know if you have this question for the Bruins, Mark. Um, but if is, I might have, have a hard time coming up with something, um, that might be called reaches. Uh, but no, really though, um, they'd have to go through a team like the Bruins and the Hurricanes in the first round. And even even if Ilya Sorokin um, was able to steal a series, which I do think he has this, this you know ability to do, then you're going to have to go through another juggernaut in the next round. Um, and I think. You know, it may take a lot out of them if that happens. So um, it's, it's just, you know, it's just too much to over to overcome. Um, and then also, too, on the flip side of that is, you know, some of their, you know, they're not – they don't score as many goals as some other teams. I know come playoff team, come playoff time, it's more tighter checking and they're not high-scoring games. But still, you want, you want to be able to have a lot of guys that can put the puck in the net with, you know, regularity. Uh, and the Islanders really just have Horvat, Nelson, um, you know, and, and you know, Barzell to an extent if he comes back. So um, those are the main reasons. Again, more specifically, it's just because if they get in, they're going to have to go through a lot of really good teams to go all the way, and that's going to take a lot out of them. Felk, why won't the Islanders win?
0: They're going to be a wild-card team, and they're going to face two really good teams in either the Devils or – or Carolina or Boston, and if if they face Boston, I think their only hope at that point is Sorokin sealing that series. And all Mark is inexperienced in the playoffs, but I, gee, I don't I don't know with the way that this team is just going. And then, and you know what, Taylor Hall is going to be out, but then you bring in Tyler Bertuzzi to help out at that point, point. And, and it's it's like they don't lose a beat. It's just, okay, another cog, just uh, next man up, next cog in the machine. Here you go. Machine (laughs) keeps rolling. Russian machine never breaks. You know, they just – that's what Boston is right now. Um, Carolina, I I think, can play a game sort of like the Islanders and play it at a faster speed. Um, I also think the Islanders just don't have the firepower offensively to to outscore those teams. Um, So, I I, I just – I I can't see Sorokin blanking Carolina or Boston 1-0 or or winning 2-1 every game in that series. I I just – I can't. I mean, I know he's capable of doing it, but I I don't see it. So I just think it comes down to firepower. And I I think come playoff time, I, I think that better teams are going to start playing against that third pairing. And the third pairing is really going to be the Islanders' downfall. I, I know that they're not going to play a lot because it's just going to be, you know, um, you know, obviously their top pairing, you know, pelican Pollock, and then, you, you know, your Dobson is going to be on that second pairing. But it just that third pairing, I think teams will take advantage of that. I I, I don't – I'm not comfortable with someone like Sebastian Aho or, you know, someone like that playing minutes in the playoffs. I, I just – I think if they would have gotten another defenseman at the deadline, I think I, I would have a lot more confidence in them. But I, just for me, that it, it's tough to see Sorokin stealing a series from Boston or Carolina.
1: I'm going to say that it's, it's probably going to come down to the scoring depth. If they're the team that was <laughs> before this 11-game stretch started, then they're not going to last long in the playoffs. It's going to be a waste of eight days, sort of the way um, Daryl Sutter said it last year about Colorado. Now, if they're the team over the last month, they're going to give Boston, New Jersey, or Carolina a hell of a fight. We'll see about that because we're going to get down to why Carolina is not going to win the Stanley Cup. And they're a hell of a team. Oh, by the way, all these teams are hell of a team. It's just we're giving you the, what we don't like about each team. And I'm going to say this about Carolina, and I saw it with the Rangers series last year. Rod Brindamore did not want to make adjustments and when it pushed game to shove change around their power play. They had a couple power play goals. They won that series in six, maybe even five, but instead he's stayed with what his game plan was. And the Rangers won every single home game. Don't worry. We haven't lost a whole, a game at home all playoff. That's what his thinking was. And then they lose game seven. That's you you can't have that again. He's got to he's got to, he's got a deep team. He's got to make adjustments. If that happens, Anthony, why won't Carolina win?
2: Um, I I still go back to I think they could have used another another difference maker um at forward um I know listen Speshnikov Aho um are really good you know Teravainen is good I mean stall's really good at shutting down other teams top lines Um, and obviously you can't forget uh, Marty Natchez, but I don't know if they have if they have the level of, of skilled forwards to go up at go up against a team like Boston if they have met in the conference finals, who's really, really good defensively and can also, you know, really score a lot of goals too. Um, Anderson and Ronta, I mean, while it's not a bad goaltending duo, um, I don't know if it's a duo that wins you with Stanley Cup. Um, I, just, I just don't. Um, and then also too, again, a team like, a team like the Devils they had to cross paths with at a certain point, um, I think the Devils can match the Hurricanes' speed and even have more skilled forwards. So, Philk, what do you not like about Carolina? Scoring depth.
0: Right off the bat, scoring depth. I mean, you look at this lineup this year and and their stats, and you're saying to yourself, wow, some of these guys are just not giving you enough. Um, Marty Natchez is is having a, a real good year. It looks like he's turned a corner. He's breaking out. Sebastian Ajo is about a point per game. And that, that's what you expect. He's going to give you good two way hockey. He's your number one guy. Andrei Svechnikov, 54 points in 62 games. That's nice, but only 22 goals. That, that's a guy that you expect to try to squ- break the 40, maybe 45 goal mark. Brent Burns is 50 points, having a real good offensive year, showing that he still has it at 37 years old. But I don't trust him defensively come playoff time. I don't. I, I think as a, as a defensive corpse, I think they're a worse unit. Um, I, I, I really don't I, – I, they don't have guys like Vinny Trocheck and Max Domi on this team. And I, I, I'm not going to say Max Domi like he was a big, big difference maker last year because he wasn't, but it goes to the depth that they had, and they do not have that depth anymore like they did last year, and that's going to be the biggest thing. And not only that, but you have two goaltenders that have – a 907 and a 906 save percentage. And their goals against are also almost identical. I, I believe at 232 and 233. No, sorry, 230, 2.32 and 2.35. You know who has a 233 goals against and actually has a better save percentage than them both. Their third stringer, Piotr Kachakov. Mm-hmm. Kuchekov, sorry. I call him Koshkov all the time for whatever reason, but Kuchekov, sorry. But it just you you, you have – and it's not even counting, like, the, the amount of penalties that that team takes because they took a ton of penalties against the Rangers and they allowed the Rangers' power play to get back into it. And that's really what a big part of what helped them win that series last year was the, the amount of power plays that they got from dumb penalties from, uh, from Carolina – so um, if they're going to do that, and that's a problem, you're not going to have Max Pacioretty. Um, uh, Shane beer is not a good defensive defenseman. And their unit is really not that great defensively, their corpse. So I, 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 don't, I don't trust a lot of things with that team. I think they'll win the first round, whoever they face. But after that, I, I think it's a crapshoot for Carolina.
1: Anthony, by the way, whenever anybody praises Sebastian Ajo, I'm sorry <laughs> that it's not yours. So <laughs> yeah. he's, he's, He'll forever be the other Sebastian Ajo. All right, we're going to speed these up a little bit more. Anthony, why won't the New Jersey Devils win a Stanley Cup?
2: Goaltending, VTech Vantage, tech Unproven, um, and just the overall experience of the Devils. I mean, how you don't really see often where – a team, the first time they make the playoffs with a good young, upcoming team, go all the way right away. Yeah, it's really you, you take your lumps, um, you learn from it, you get better after every year. And I think the Devils, they're you know their star players like Jack Hughes and Dawson Mercer, Jesper Bratt, um, you know Sharon Govich, none of them have playoff experience, and I think that goes a long way in the playoffs. The first time you're playing in it, um, you have a lot to learn. So um, those are the two main reasons why I don't see the Devils winning the Stanley Cup.
1: Look, anything to add on that?
0: Their defensive corpse is not really a, a great unit. I mean, Dougie Hamilton's having a hell of a year, but I mean, after that, you, what are you looking at? Ryan uh, Ryan Graves, uh, Damon Severson, uh, and Jonas Siegenthaler. It, it, on paper, it, it, it doesn't look good at all. John Marino, he's been decent. Hasn't been great He's missed some time He's only played 46 games um, I, I'm, I'm not trusting That defensive corpse Come playoff time The defensive forwards Are, are really good in Jersey I, I, I love the up-tempo game And how they send everybody But come playoff time And we saw this with Carolina last year You're going to send, send, send And, and attack in, in, in waves The way to beat that is transition and if you, if you catch them in transition, you catch them with their pants down, and that unit's going to get exposed. And this is the first time that this team is going into the playoffs, you know, as we talked about, an in, you know, inexperienced team. You know, you're, you're asking an unproven goaltender to take on those type of high danger chances in a high-pressure situation called playoff time. And to me, that that just spells disaster. And they're going to get better and they're going to be a real good team going forward. They're not going anywhere. So everybody who hopes that this team is just a flash in the pan is unfortunately going to be disappointed. But this year, I I, I just, it it seems like a Molotov cocktail of destruction.
1: Yeah. They're going to be building for years. I still think it's Vitek Vanacek has got to be the biggest question mark. Can he withstand the playoff grind? It's a different beast. And he's actually going to be establishing career highs in games played I believe from this point out, the rest of the season, that does factor in. Why won't the Pittsburgh Penguins win the Stanley Cup, Mr. Falkowski?
0: Tristan Jari. <laughs> <Hi>. Everybody's <laughs> favorite whipping boy, Tristan Jari. Uh, we just, just say the goaltending overall is just atrocious. Um, I, I, I like the moves that they made. To bring in depth, I, I don't know how much of a difference they make, but I, I again goaltending is the biggest thing for them. Um, they've also played a lot of hockey over a very long period of time, so uh, Pittsburgh is going to have. Um, and not only that, but they're going to be a wild card team, and it's likely that they're going to face Boston. And Boston is going to absolutely kick the ever-living shit out of them oh. in a series. And I would love to see Pittsburgh upset them, actually. That, that's the one time I would root for Pittsburgh because they would take out the best team in the league. And then all chaos would ensue. But you know, the, the thing that that gives you is the power of belief. And the power of belief is a very, very strong, you know, a very, very strong component. We saw that with the 2014 Rangers. They beat that heavily favored Penguins team. Yeah, you know, the you know the galvanizing moment Marty St. Louis' mother's death, and that team believed that they could win it all. And they beat Montreal. And they they came close. So you know if Pittsburgh beats Boston, oh man, it shakes a lot of things up. And it also makes you wonder about you know Pittsburgh being like Randy Marsh in South Park rolling around with the gigantic balls on the wheelbarrow. Oh, just a Buffalo soldier. In the heart of America. You know, you, just, you can see the gift right now. So, um but yeah, I, I, I think it's goaltending ultimately and just facing a much better team that's going to kill them. Anthony.
2: I mean, yeah, Tristan Jarry is not good in the playoffs at all. Um, they don't defend well at all. Um, I mean, look yeah. at la- – I know they won last night. But, look, they were down 4 nothing to Columbus Blue Jacks. Some of they came back and won, but still it just goes to show – um, you know, how porous they are at times um, on defense. Um, again, if they get in, you know, may play the Bruins in the first round, the blue, the Bruins will absolutely wax them with their goaltending and defense. Uh, end of story and discussion. Uh, you know what? We'll make it a clean sweep. We know I don't believe much at
1: uh Tristan Jari, but you know, I'm gonna say this also, and I think Anthony touched on this just now. This is the most inconsistent Pittsburgh team I've seen possibly since 2015, and they're usually they were usually the staple of consistency, especially under Mike Sullivan. This is not the Mike Sullivan team that I remember for the last uh, eight years, uh, seven years, because I think it was a uh, 2015 2016 he took over
0: for Johnson. Yeah, 2016. So, yes.
1: Yeah, and then of course they went on to win the Stanley Cup. All right. Here's one that we're waiting for, guys. Why won't the Toronto Maple Leafs win a Stanley Cup? Anthony, go with you.
2: <laughs>
0: He's chomping at the bit.
2: I mean, they, listen, they, Dubas did all, pushed all the right buttons to give him every opportunity to, to win um, this year, but to actually finally get out of the first round. But I, I still question their goaltending, Sam Sonoff and Murray. Um, they've actually played better than I, gave him credit for before the season started, but still don't really quite trust them. And the other, the other piece, boys, is, is the mental aspect of it. Um, they've known what's happened to them the last, you know, many, many years in the first round. Um, and even though I think they're a better team than all those other years, that still lingers Un- until they finally win a series. That's going to be in their head, that mental game of, of not getting the job done. And let's say they go up again in a series. How many times in the last couple of years where they were up and they were like, "Wow, the Maple Leafs are going to finally win," and they choke each time? And that's going to play a part yeah. too if that occurs again. Um, I, I think I think hockey is a very fragile, mentally fragile sport, which you could say in all sports, the mental aspect of it plays a big role. Um, but specifically right now for the Maple Leafs team, I, I think that looms large for them. Um, but. Between that and the goaltending, uh, also playing a, a very experienced Tampa Bay Lightning team that knows what it takes to get it done, um, doesn't equal a recipe for success. Philk,
0: goaltending, and that—that's the biggest issue. I don't trust either of their goaltenders. I don't, and especially uh, being that they're on a crash course for Tampa. And I know Tampa is playing like crap as of late, but. I am not taking their goalies over Andre Vasilevsky come playoff time. I'm not. I, I'm not stupid enough to do that. You couldn't get me drugged up enough to do that. <laughs> so um, I, the biggest thing I see with Toronto otherwise is their big guns have a history of not producing come playoff time. And that to me is the biggest thing. It's like I always look back at Mike Gartner. Super talented, super skilled, great goal scorer, great skater. But he didn't have that extra gear come playoff time. And I don't know if I trust any of these guys come playoff time. And it, it, it's kind of scary to think about when you have talents like Marner and, and Matthews. And, and Mitch Marner's like a he's a great, great two-way player. He really is. I mean, he should get serious selkie consideration. But – uh, I mean, have you seen the playoff numbers on these guys? Because it's just... They're not good. They're not good. They are not good at all. And and part of that is I
1: think they faced Boston three times since in the Matthews era. I think it might be three. Could It, it might just be two. But, I mean, that's a lot. And you're you're, you're up against Patrice Bergeron on the entire time. My answer is going to be the goaltending and the road that they're going to have to take. Because after you... If you somehow get by Tampa, which is still they could have done it last year, but they didn't. I know the refs were against them. That's the way it always was. The refs were also against them in Game Seven when they went down two nothing. But uh, but also, you know, then after that they got Boston. Look, this Toronto team might be the best one they've assembled, and they should have they should have been over this a while ago when it was the bubble. But now. We're still asking questions about this now. Hopefully they can get it done. Guys, I'm going to go right back to you guys. Uh, The hell happened here? Okay. I'm going to go right back to you, Phil. Why won't the Tampa Bay Lightning win the Stanley Cup?
0: Too much mileage. Um, They have way too much mileage, and they've lost a ton of depth over these last two seasons. Um, Long gone are... The third, the the hallowed third line that helped them win two Stanley Cups of Gord Palat and uh, Coleman, or I'm sorry, of Gord Gaudreau and Coleman. Sorry, not Palat, but um, he's those three are gone. Um, Ryan McDonough is gone. Jan Ruda is gone. I mean, you you've lost a ton of talent over the last few years, and you haven't done a whole lot to replace that talent. And and listen, Brandon Hagel is playing good hockey, but that's not exactly enough to help you win. Uh, I I like him 50 points in 64 games. Andre Vasilevsky has not played great lately, but I'm not exactly worried about him. But I mean, now Mikhail Sergachev is playing increased minutes. You're asking more from Nick Paul. You're asking more from Ross Colton. You're asking more from a decaying corpse and Corey Perry. I don't know if he's going to be able to give you more than that. You know, a lot. Of oh, your- he's the
1: one, D'Angelo Speared. Thank you. I just remembered that.
0: Yeah. So you're 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 asking you're asking more from these guys, and I just yeah, Tanner Janot is a good pickup, I guess. I don't know. He has three points in five games, but they gave up way too much to get him. And now, you know, are, are you really going to ask Alex Kalorn to 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 bring it up another gear? I just I don't see that. So um head minions right now he's day to day but i mean he'll be back for the playoffs but again a lot of mileage on these guys and uh, a big loss of depth
1: anthony anything to add
2: um just just worn down um loss of depth like Phil said playing a team in the maple leafs who's finally hungry and you know maybe conceivably the right tools to actually get the job done this year. I'm not sure if they'll be able to overcome it.
1: Well, let's go right back to you. Why won't the Dallas Stars win the Stanley Cup?
2: They added Max Domi to the deadline, um which helps, but to my liking still not enough still not enough scoring depth to to get the job done. Um you're going to go up against a lot of good defensive teams in the Golden Knights. Uh, um you know the Avalanche not quite known for the defense, but they still defend well just because how well they the defensive skate in the back end. Um, you know, good goaltenders. You know Connor Hellbuck's a really good goalie that they might run into. Um, so I think that lack of scoring depth because I mean Jason Robertson, a Hints they carry the load. Um, Sagan and Ben have been better than they were in previous years, but still not really you know too sold on them. And then after that, um, I don't know. I just don't trust their overall scoring depth. Phil, what do you not like about the
1: Minnesota wild?
0: Just not enough. There, there's not enough difference makers on that roster. Um, I mean, their defense is okay. Uh, their goaltending is, yeah, I, 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 and they're not really the side salad here, but they're not really, uh, you know, I, I guess, I don't know, um, they're not a team that scares anybody, I don't think. They're just kind of there. Could they pull off an upset win around? Maybe. I mean, Caprizov's really going to have to drag that team, but where's the scoring outside of Kaprizov and, and Zuccarello? And they don't have great center depth at all. So, just not enough.
1: All right, let's go back to you, Anthony. Why won't the Winnipeg Jets win the Stanley Cup?
2: Um, outside of Josh Morrissey, um, I'm not really a huge believer in their overall defense. Um, I do like their phone group, Connor and Shifley, um, you know, Dubois, you know, Wheeler still, you know, could still contribute. Um, I know Perfetti's injured. I don't know if he's coming back, but they, overall, they got, I think they got enough offensive firepower, especially with the additions. I need a rider. Um, but for me, it's more so. Just their defense. I do like Connor Hellebuck a lot, um, but over a seven-game series, I'm not sure you know how that defense is going to hold up against some of the you know higher octane teams in the West, and also teams that have big bodies that really bang and put a toll on your defensemen night in and night out.
1: Yeah, that I think that's one of the problems I have when I'm looking at Winnipeg. Uh, and just wondering what happens when the stars stop producing, then, and again, 2-6-2 and two in their last 10, they're showing exactly why they're not going to win right now. Here's, uh, here's my answer for why the Vegas Golden Knights will not win the Stanley Cup. Um, and that's the, I just, I don't see their depth. It's, it's all on their star players all the time. Chandler Stevenson's been playing pretty well, but um, it, they got to hope their goaltending holds up with Jonathan Quick now and Aiden Hill if they're going to lose the Logan Thompson the rest of the year that's just what they're going to have to do. Uh Philk, any thoughts on the Golden Knights?
0: The goaltending is beyond questionable at this point. You're really expecting Jonathan Quick to lead you back to the promised land or something or, or lead you to the promised land, I should say, and I mean, you're, you're you're expecting a comeback out of him? No. It just and their their depth it, it, like you said it is questionable. Um I, I don't think that they did enough to add scoring at, at the deadline. Uh, I, I would have liked that. And I think they could use one more solid two-way defensive that can move the puck.
1: Well, we're motoring along. We got about five teams left to do, guys. So, Philk, why won't the LA Kings win the Stanley Cup?
0: You talk about a team that just does not have enough depth. It's, it's LA. LA just does not have enough depth overall. I, I, I like Anze Kopitar. He's played great um for them. He actually he's having a real good season. I think he should be up for the selkie, but something tells me that Bergeron's gonna win another. What a shock. <laughs> Color me, absolutely shocked there. Um, but you this defensive unit just really isn't that good. I like the addition of uh Kaprikov. But, I mean, you're, you're asking me if they're going to win with Phoenix Copley in net? Phoenix Copley or Jonas Korpasalo. I mean, come on. That goaltending is just not good enough. And, I mean, they're forwards. Where's the scoring depth after Biala, Kopitar, and Kempe? Arvidson? Yikes. Um, Philip Deneau? He's more of a shutdown player. And then it Drew Doughty, and what else from the offensive end scoring-wise? Sean Darcy? Okay, fine, but nothing else after that. So, yeah, they're not they, – there's just not enough.
1: Now, do all three of us want to take this one on at the same time? Why won't the Seattle Kraken win the Stanley Cup? Because I think we're all going to say one word together. Goaltend. Goaltending. So – all right, so that's not that's going to be no goaltending on that one. And uh, Anthony just got up for a second, so we're just going to get back to Edmonton. Why won't the Edmonton Oilers win the Stanley Cup, Philk? What what
0: seems to be the common theme here?
1: Goaltending.
0: goaltending. <laughs> yeah, it, it just another one. What's worse, Jack Campbell or Campbell Soup? Yeah.
1: And, yeah, and
0: and that's. And that's what it's going
1: to come down to. And it's I,
0: I love the Matias Ekholm edition. I, I just I, I, I don't think it's enough. I think they needed more on defense. Um, I, I would have liked more legitimate shutdown forwards. Uh, I, again, I, I wonder about their scoring depth come playoff time, and that that's a thing. So you're you're, you're going to ask McDavid to score two points per game again in the playoffs and still lose. I, I mean, it sounds nuts, but that's basically what they're going to have to do here. Um, So yeah, Edmonton for me—it's just—it's not enough depth, and it's goaltending.
1: Well, I'm gonna have to save one for Anthony because we're gonna go with the defending Stanley Cup champion. Philk, why won't the Colorado Avalanche win the Cup this year?
0: And they're a team that lost significant amount of depth. Um, again, goaltending—I'm gonna have to say goaltending again. We should probably just have it as a voice clip at this point. <laughs> it's just it's goaltending. But, I mean, did, did they get Gabriel Landeskog back for playoffs? And how is, how is he going to look? Um, Nathan McKinnon is just one of the, the the three to five best players in the world right now. I mean, you know that he's going to he's gonna score come playoff time. But do I really trust Alexander Georgiev or Pavel to, to to win it all? I mean, I know that they won with Darcy Kemper, but – again it just there's no Nazem Kadri anymore um they they've lost other pieces the it's just I I don't know I don't see the same impact this year as I've seen in previous years and Kamakar is not playing as good as he played last year if you ask me so
1: yeah he's uh, he's had concussion problems as well and as uh, Brody is reminding you you're going to do an honest press conference, the same thing that Connor McDavid said that began it all. Once again, my teammates let me down. Yeah, all sure. right. And, Anthony, why won't the Avalanche win the Stanley Cup? Um,
2: uh, they're they're going to they're, they're gonna win the Stanley Cup just because I love how the fans sing all the small things at every home game. Fires me up. Um, No, um, I think for them, I know last year they won with Darcy Kemper and goal, which kind of can point to that you don't really maybe need an elite goalie to win it all. However, um, I don't think Gorgiev's the guy that's going to do the same for them this year. Um, And also, too, I don't think they're as good overall as they were last year either. You know, Obviously, they lost Kadri and a couple other pieces, but – yeah, between, between maybe a loss, of, a loss of depth and the downgrade from Kemper to, to Gorgiev, uh, I just don't know if I trust them in the big moments in the playoffs.
1: All right. And we have one last one, everybody. And, of course, you know I've been saving it for the last. <laughs> Anthony, I'll start with you. Why won't the Boston Bruins win the Stanley Cup?
2: Um, it's because Patrice Bergeron, David Pasternak, Brad Marchand – uh, McAvoy and Olmark are all, all going to retire before the playoff start to play baseball. Um, and thus you're severely depleting the Boston Bruins lineup. Um, and they will go out in the first round because of it. That's the only way they're going to not win the Stanley cup. Um, uh, in all, I mean, in all seriousness, uh, um, you know, they are a juggernaut. However, how often do you see the team that was the best in the regular season that cruise through, win the Stanley Cup. doesn't really always play out like that. Um, Linus Olmark has never played a playoff game before. Uh, I do think that this guy is having a career year. I mean, let's face it, he's been around in the NHL since I think the 2015-2016 season. Granted, he's always played for a bad team in Buffalo. He's never been as close to as he's, as good as he is now. Um, the guy's just being reaping the benefits of playing behind an absolutely stacked team. Um, and I would bet Dallas Donuts that next year he comes crashing down to earth. But uh, just in the short term, in this, t- in this for you know for this discussion, again, I think it goes back to him. I don't know how he'll perform in the playoffs. Um, and really, honestly, that's that's really about it. Otherwise, I really like I really like their team in every other aspect.
1: I uh, just before I turn it over to Philk Anthony. So if they're playing baseball. What position
2: does each one of those guys play? Good question. Um, I will say that Pasternak would be, um, you know, maybe a right fielder. I think historically, sometimes in baseball, you get a lot of power hitters out in the out in right field. Um, Bergeron, good defensively, uh, most important player. So maybe you could say. Second baseman or or catcher possibly. Uh Brad Marshand. Um hmm, that's a good one. I don't know. Marshand's he's uh and I'll, I'll leave that up to Filk who knows a little bit more like baseball for him to answer. I don't I don't know what Marshand would equate to, but um Oh, I yeah, think maybe, Marshand's maybe. a catcher. That's maybe that's why they lose. They all retire to play baseball. I don't know. Filk, <laughs> what do you got for the Bruins?
0: Um, uh, Linus Allmark's playoff inexperience is the biggest thing that sticks out, obviously, to everybody. But um, I'm going to say this. There have been two 60-win two teams, uh, in the la- actually three 60-win teams in the last 50 years, and only one of them has won a Stanley Cup, and that's the 76-77 Canadians. And they were, the, mm-hmm. they were the first team to win 60 games. So there's been three teams in general, I should say, that have won 60 games. This Boston Bruins team could go in overconfident and just completely underestimate their opponent and then just lose. But the one thing I will say in regard to that is that the ninety six 95-96 Red Wings and the 18-19 Lightning were built in very similar ways, very high-powered offenses that were lacking – key pieces that ended up you know bringing them grit and balance and putting them over the top. Um, I don't think the Bruins are built like those teams and that that's the one thing that scares me in in regard to it because you could point to those teams and and I remember when I was doing those live videos on Facebook before I ever started, you know after you know Anthony and I, had left, or actually, even during the time, or, you know, at, no, that was after the um, Anthony and I had left off the post. I was doing live videos on Facebook and I was doing breakdowns of how similar the, the 96 Red Wings and the 19 Lightning were in the aspects that they had both just monstrous records, same builds, and they were both lacking that grit and then how the teams would come back the next season and then, you know, ended up winning. So um, just a lot of striking diff, uh, you know, similarities between those two teams. I don't see that with Boston. I don't. And the one thing I will say is that the goaltending could get in the way of that. And maybe if someone like, I don't know, Tyler Bertuzzi doesn't really give them enough come playoff time, then maybe that could be an issue. Taylor Hall being out more than likely for the rest of the playoffs could be an issue. that could be a big issue because that could you know kind of hurt their depth a little bit and maybe make them a little more beatable but uh, I don't know uh, it's a very short list.
1: It, it's a very hard list to, to say for all of this the only other th- the only two things I could give you is obviously Linus Allmark is he built for the playoffs He's played two games of the playoffs. He has never won a playoff game. He's got to win 16. Oof. Good luck, kid. And yeah. the other thing is the curse of the trophy. But I don't think that specifically would affect the Bruins. But I'm pretty sure that they've, in this stretch, they've had the President's Trophy and yet didn't win a cup. So it's already happened. And they're they got a lot of veterans that are going to know how to get it done But they're going to have to go through at least two very rough teams. Very tough. Can they get a short series right away? Or are they going to push to seven games like Carolina did to them last year? Actually, they're the ones that pushed Carolina to seven, which probably softened them up. We'll see about it because there there are many reasons why the Bruins wouldn't win the Stanley Cup. But that's the thing. We did the segment because there's always a reason why a team might not win it all. Everybody, thanks for thanks very much for watching on this. Uh, that wraps up uh, our reactions to who might win the Stanley Cup and where. Uh, but let's uh let's get any news and notes that you guys might have across the league
0: or I'm before we take this out. I'm sorry, I gotta I gotta eat and I haven't eaten in a while, so I gotta I gotta eat. And
1: then no, that's a, it, it's it's all right, Phil. We started late and it's kind of we had to. Uh, I appreciate everybody being here. Hell, it's 8:15 right now uh cuz i know uh anthony you got to you got to get going too pretty much right now um yeah so yeah guys don't worry about it <laughs> so
0: see
2: you later phil I'll,
1: I'll, I'll stay by for some uh for some q and a real quick yeah uh, everybody
0: take care uh hopefully the rangers can win tomorrow night otherwise there's definitely some problems to look at but uh you know take care everybody let's go rangers take care folks Anthony,
2: news and notes. Trade deadline's gone, my friend. You're not gonna get much news and <laughs> notes. No, but um, actually, you know what? There was there was a trade today. There was a trade today between Nashville and St. Louis. Um, St. Louis traded uh, I forget Agnello, some just a minor leaguer for future considerations. Um, so remember what the rules are there, though. You can't. None of those teams are gonna make the playoffs. But just so you know, any player traded after the deadline can't can't play in the playoffs. I also heard they can't even play in the, the rest of the regular season too, but I'd have to do some digging and see if that's accurate. But um, no, I mean, listen, we're, we're getting down to the stretch here, Mark uh, playoffs teams are jockeying for position um, in the West. There's really just one team that's, that's in the mix. Um, unless you want to count the, the, the predators who I think are six points out, which I don't, I don't see happening. So in the West, it's one, but the East is a different story. Um, You know, the East, the East is, is, is a little more alive. Um, Although I got to say with, with the Islanders beating the Sabres uh, yesterday. um, I don't know. The Sabres, the Sabres are on thin ice. You know, like I said, they're, you know, they're five points behind Pittsburgh, you know, Ottawa's five points behind Pittsburgh. Um, You know, so some of these teams it's it's, it's, the, the points are just hard, are hard to make up at this time of year. Um, but nonetheless, the East still has more teams involved. You know, Florida's four points um, behind the Islanders, three points behind Pittsburgh. But um, I don't, I don't see Florida making any sort of move. Uh, Bobrovsky's playing a little better, but I you know they're Spencer Knight's in the you know NHLPA this program, so their backup right now, I believe, is Alex Lyon. Um, I, I think it might be a case of too little, too late for the Panthers, Mark. Uh, but nonetheless, they're still there. So that's going to be important games. Um, and a lot of teams right now are doing scoreboard watching. I, I mean, you control, you could control what you control, but taking care of your own business, but you know, you do need help. And, and you know, every team is going to be looking up at the, you know, scoreboard. And, um, after the games, checking to see what transpired, because, um, you know, it's, it's going to be a real tight race. And I, I think a lot of these races, you know, the Pacific division, um, crown, uh, the Metro division crown. I think a lot of these are going to be decided in the last weekend of the season. Now um, I even you know, started a show, you know, the, the Rangers could theoretically go, go down to a wild card one, two, depending on how, you know, they play out with the penguins, their three games and what the Islanders do. So it was exciting chases all over the league. I
1: think it's kind of
2: funny how Tampa and the Rangers situation
1: somehow mirrors each other because Both of them are now, if you want to say that the Rangers are now a team that went through it and everything's could be possible, and now they got the playoff experience, but they're still a pretty young team as well. So I think when you're sometimes stuck in a position, you're not that motivated. You're just going to say, look, we're just going to go through the motions. Everything's going to be fine. But I think this is where it's a good thing that this week happened that the Islanders and the Penguins are closing the gap a little bit. Maybe it wakes the Rangers up and gets yeah. them, and this week of practice gets them back into the mindset of they've got to win more games and they got to they gotta do whatever they have to do. Because I did say this Saturday, Anthony, that the Rangers are going to treat the next 19 games like a preseason and they're just going to get their lineup in order. They're going to make sure everybody's healthy and then that's going to be it. But if the Islanders close that gap, it's going to happen. And, Joe, you're right about that. They're a little bit
2: soft. Just to piggyback off that, Mark, you're right, because I don't think you understand how important the game against Montreal is because, as I stated at the start of the show, the Islanders are playing the Penguins. So if the the Rangers lose to Montreal, one of of those teams is getting even closer, whether it be the Islanders at three points or the Penguins at four points. And once you start to get to – you know, especially three points. I mean, even so four. But once you get to that number, that could really start making you feel uncomfortable because that, that that's not much. So the Rangers really need to beat Montreal on Thursday. It starts, it starts on it starts tomorrow and they have to beat Montreal. They have to.
1: I think also another thing that comes into play sometimes when a guy goes to a new team is that the feeling of um and yes, we were talking about Sisterkin. Uh I think. One thing that happens when a guy goes to a new team is that they end up trying to be very pass-happy. You want to assist the guys. You don't want to overly shoot the puck. Well, Kane had some times, especially in the Bruins game, he should have shot the puck and he didn't. So he needs to, and as Willie Wilson's saying that right now, that they need to shoot the puck, they, they have to do that. They have to, oh. to get started with that. Now, I know they're soft physically, but they're not soft mentally. Because no. two of the players they added were Tarasenko and Gain. I'm pretty sure both those guys and their four Stanley Cup rings can tell me how to get further in the playoffs.
2: They can, but they but both those players do shy away from you know they don't they don't get involved physically. Uh, and come playoff time, you need everybody tugging on the rope physically. You do. You need you need yeah. you need everybody. Um, and the thing is, the Rangers the Rangers star players aren't guys who are going to you know who aren't going to you know mix it up um, and teams mm-hmm. that have star players that are that do mix it up it's the best of both worlds and you have and you have an advantage in the playoffs. Brad Marchand, he'll mix it up. And you know, Patrice Bergeron, defensive specialist, he'll mix it up. Um, Brad Marchand you know, will mix it up in a preseason you know,
0: game.
1: He'll mix you it you know, up. Even,
2: a while. Yeah. Yeah, no you're 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 right. Um, you know even some of the Islanders' top offensive player Anders Lee He'll mix it up. He'll hit you. He'll punch you in the face. You know, Bo Horvath, that's feisty. The Rangers' top guys: Kane, Panarin. Um, you know, Zibanejad to a lesser extent, but even still, I mean, these guys—they don't—they're not—they don't really like to be hit. Um, and it's—I think—for the Rangers, some of these guys are going to have to change the way they play. You know, Chris Drouet was really upset with Panarin last year. We all saw it how he played in the playoffs. Panarin, mm-hmm. Panarin, not, he's not built for the playoffs. He's not built for the playoffs. He's, he's, don't get me wrong, elite player, fantastic. But he's not, in my opinion, honestly, he's not a guy that you win a cup with. That's just me.
1: Joe is also kind of hitting on something right here. And by the way, uh, Mr. Pops Fresh and Meyer is saying that's what Kane said recently. He didn't want to step on any toes. He's never betrayed it, so it's a new experience. Um, uh, Willie's saying that the power play actually needs to shoot the puck, but let me get to what Joe Long's comment is. He said Kreider needs to be physical, and he thinks he's a finesse guy. Truba and maybe Mikula, they're the only guys that hit. Yeah, I mean, Kreider has – that's been the knock on Kreider his entire career. He wants to play more of a speed game instead of a physical game, and I think his body is made to more endure the physical game rather than the speed game, and I think that's that's one thing – he was sort of
3: doing more last year,
1: but not. And I can't help but also think about the alternate reality where the Rangers got one more goal and then they went up three-nothing on Tampa and then hopefully finished them off. But that didn't happen. I live in this reality. <laughs> the the Tampa Bay Lightning showed their experience and their patience and won and also with their talent.
2: Um well I could I could relate to that, Mark. I could tell you. At game seven, the Islanders lost one nothing when they left in the shorthanded goal. I say to myself, what if what if they just not not even if they didn't score a power play goal, what if they just didn't simply allow a shorthanded goal, how the rest of that game would have played out? It hurts, it hurts to think about. You, you go back and you realize how close you are. Um, and then let's face it, the islanders would have rolled over Montreal in the Stanley Cup finals and they would have won a Stanley Cup. And to me, just thinking about that, that my team could have won a cup, like yeah. it just it hurts. It hurts. It was so close and yet so far. Well, that's um, going to be an off-season yeah.
1: discussion for the three of us. In, in a parallel universe, yeah. what event didn't happen to yeah. to for your team to win a cup and being somewhat realistic on it? Because for me, I think it would probably be the Matsuka Zuccarello injury in 2015. But uh, Joe Long is asking this one. If you could do it all over, would you go for Meyer over Kane? Unfortunately, well, Joe, the well, answer Joe, is man. Yes. Uh, but it's not possible.
2: Yeah, it was the cost to acquire. Listen, you got Kane for peanuts because he only wanted to go to the Rangers. Meyer wasn't the case. Meyer could have been sold and anywhere UFA, and you would have paid a price similar to what the Devils paid for him. Um, and then also extending him next year. The Rangers can't afford to give the guy $9 million. So um, yes, I would have took Meyer over Kane, but it wouldn't have been feasible. However, I'll say this though. And I said this to Mark in our text before. I get it. You know, Ranger fans were really excited about Kane, you know, rightfully so. Hall of Fame player, sexy name, everything he brings. But but honestly, I don't really think they needed him. I I think the Rangers, if they would have got Ryan O'Reilly and Gavrikov, let's say, I think they would have been a much better team right now than they are with Patrick Kane. O'Reilly and Gavrikov make them a lot better defensively a lot harder to play against. Um, And then not only that, aside from being a face-off specialist, kill penalties will hit you, Mm -hmm. shut you down. Ryan O'Reilly can also chip in offensively. And then you had Gavrikov, who could play defense, tough, big, move people in front of the net. It also is no slouch at moving the puck. Those two guys, no no question in my mind would have made the Rangers a much better team um, than just getting Patrick Kane.
1: And also, as I always remind everybody, because I like using this graphic, make sure if you haven't done it already, leave us a like, appease the YouTube gods. We have 27 of them right now. Uh, We had over 150 for the Patrick Kane um, broadcast when we had that one on a couple weeks ago. But um, I do have to say, and trust me, I love me some Timo Meyer. He's one of those guys I would love him if if he could don a Rangers jersey or the jersey of the team I root for. In this case, it is the Rangers, by the way. But if if, hell, if he was a New York Met, I would have been happy with that. But uh, I do have to say, the the Rangers would not be able to fit him under the cap. They would not be able to put together a package. And next year, they would not be able to re-sign him. This is what happens when you sign Jacob Truba to an eight-year, six, uh, sorry, an eight-year, $8 million contract when you were bidding against no one. And he wasn't I mean, he had had the number one spot for a minute. I mean, he was the number one power play defenseman for a month. And they quickly moved to Tony D'Angelo, Adam Fox, back to D'Angelo, then back to Adam Fox. That should tell you all you needed to know. So yeah, I would have loved if they got him. And again, I was beating the drum for Ryan O'Reilly. I thought that would have been a good choice. Once Kane became available, Anthony, I use the Ross and Rachel uh, uh, analogy. No, I on, mean, look, uh, look, show. I get it.
2: How could Drury, how could Drury say no when you have a guy like that essentially begging to play for your team? So I, I get that. Um, I just think that he, he felt compelled to get him for that reason. They, I don't think they needed Kane. I think, again, not to keep repeating well, myself, I think there would have been a better team if they would have acquired Ryan O'Reilly and Gavrikoff rather than getting Patrick Kane, I think it's, it's just would have made them so much more well-rounded and better. Well, Here's
1: my question then next for you with Gavrikoff. He was still being worked at to go to LA. O'Reilly was already on the Toronto Maple Leafs. What other choices were really going to upgrade the team?
2: Oh, instead of Kane. Um, Oh, well, I mean, at that point, then Barbershop? yeah. If you what? Yeah, Barbashev went. Yeah, they could have. They could have added Barbashev. Barbashev is a hard-nosed player that could still score. Um, you know, I, I just think that the assets that they could have. I mean, that, listen, they didn't give much away to get Kane, but the, the point is, um, they could have used you know assets to get a player. That I think that more would have been a more fitting need because. You know, defensively, Mark, you know, Adam Fox is is great. Uh, he's not obviously the most physical guy. And then you have Ryan Lindgren, who is a warrior. But other than that, uh, Keandra Miller is up and down with his defending. You know, Jacob Truba is, you know, we all know about his, his missteps defensively. Uh, but then Schneider's again, we also talk about the physical
1: presence. That's what Jacob Truba brings.
2: You, well, yes. But again, you need, in my opinion, they need another defenseman who is – Who's like Truba, just better positionally? Um, I, I I don't know. I don't. Just overall, it's it's you know what it is. It's the combination of their team defense, meaning what their forwards um, contribute to the defensive side of the puck, and their actual defensemen. I think that's where they had the most glaring hole. Not a guy that could score goals between Zabenajad and you know, Crider and they, you know, look at their goals for in the league. They score enough goals. I didn't think they needed Patrick Kane, but I don't want to sit here and be a dead horse. It is what it is. They got him. And now mm. they're all in. And if they don't win the cup, you know, uh, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna suck because you're not, you're not, you don't have the cash base to retain either Tarasenko or Kane, unless you did some like heavy lifting, which I don't, you know, well, don't unless, tar-
1: unless, and by the way, I'm to be clear when I say this. This has been my inference the entire uh, time. Kane, he's going to get a big offer from Buffalo. But he would be the candidate to take the reduced contract to stay if that was possible.
2: Yeah, but
3: however, he,
1: there's no chance. Tarasenko's got a big payday coming still.
2: You, you know, you're, you're right about that. Maybe Kane would take a discount. Yeah, he was making $10 million um, this past year he's not going to get 10 again. You know, maybe he would take, you know, seven, six. But the Rangers can't even offer him that. By the time they have, by the time they re-sign Miller, Heedle, which them alone will probably take up, let's say five for Heedle, four for Miller. That's nine. You know, the Rangers are left with 16, $7 million. Then you have to re-sign Lafreniere, who's good for about two backup goalie chips away. You're talking, so what? Kane's going to take $3 million. I don't, I don't see it happening. Um, yeah. I don't think, I mean, I again, I, I,
1: I only vaguely could see that happening. And again, he's going to get offers
2: and this, and, and this, I don't see happening. Who's gonna t I mean, the, you're going to move Goodrow's contract already and someone's actually going to take it. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if, I don't know if that will, I don't know if that will happen.
1: Now, by the way, one thing, and and uh, this is my buddy Scott that's that's doing this. Uh, he says bridge deals are there for a reason. And one thing I noticed, and the one thing I got to bring up about Keanu Miller and Alexei Lafreniere is mm. unlike any other free agents that the Rangers have, the RFAs, they don't have any arbitration eligible hammers. And I don't even know what their comparable contracts are. I think they're going to come in way less than what people think on on those contracts and filipito is the one that's going to cost a little more he's going to be in the i'll say four yeah. and a half to five and a half million dollar range. yeah
2: and this is what bridge deals has nothing to do with the aav bridge deals is the years that's why they call it bridge yeah you give a guy two years it's bridging him to his next long-term deal so a bridge deal is not going to have anything really to do with how much he going to get he's still going to get five million dollars he's what pacing for 40 50 points uh, he's gonna get 5 million you're not you're not gonna get a guy like he's already making what is he making mark three three million three, uh, three Filipino, quarter I think he was
1: at uh two uh, just under three i think it is
2: yeah so what are you saying he's gonna right after now. the year he's having you're saying after the year he's having he's gonna take uh you know go to, to he's already almost making three he's gonna he's gonna get he's gonna get at least a two million dollar raise after the year he's having he's not what is he making He's making 2.3 right now. Philip yeah. I'll
1: tell you exactly he's the way Philip is going to go down.
2: He's not going to get. He's going to go
1: and oh. apply for salary arbitration. And they're going to try to find a comparable contract. You don't know what that's going to be. Back in uh, 2018, that was basically uh, Tom Wilson money. <clears throat> Tom Wilson got paid $5.1 million, And then everybody else. I know Brady Shea and Kevin Hayes were two of the guys I can mention with that that got Tom Wilson money. And then um, you get that Heedle's gonna go for arbitration, and it's probably gonna get settled, maybe at the door before they walk into arbitration. Because if you walk into arbitration, you, you're gonna lose the player the following year. Usually, uh, that's why it's good that the Devils were able to sign Jesper Bratt without getting him into arbitration. But, um, and that's and. That's where they got to have to be creative. Uh...
2: So, oh, he'd oh. you know, he Heedle, on pace for 25 goals, 48 points. Um, I can assure you he is going to double his salary at 5 million. I mean, the guy is he's you know, he's almost pacing for a 50 point year. He this is going to be his third, he had his entry level deal the year. The, the contract that's expiring right now, this is going to be his third contract. He's not just going to accept a $1 million raise for the type of year he's having. Um, he's certainly getting four and three quarters to, to $5 million. I mean, Anthony Beauvillier made $4.1 million on his next deal um, that's now in Vancouver, obviously. And Hedl's a better player than Beauvillier. Um, you're not getting for, for for peanuts. Um, he's not just accepting a $1 million raise. It's, I think, four and three quarter to five million dollars is absolutely what he's getting. I don't, I don't see it going any, anything under that. That's Hiedel, right? Yeah, yep. yeah,
1: um, yeah. Because he's, he's only at a thirty point season, and he was on pace for a while. Uh, I put up an article, time to drink the Hiedel juice. He slowed down immensely. His month in February was terrible, um, and not really all that good. Everest was saying, you asked Truba to waive his no-trade clause. It should have been done two years ago. Instead, they gave him the C. Unfortunately, he's not going to waive it. Truba's modified no-trade clause will kick in in 2024. Him and Chris Kreider, that's likely when you might see them moved. So, uh, but yeah. All right. And I think I just lost Anthony, so... Yeah, 48 points does not equal 5 million. That's if he's, I don't think he's even going to get there for 48 points. So uh, we're going to go probably about a few more minutes, everybody. Um, uh, let's see. Filipino right now. Filipino is at 37 points. Yeah, 40, 48 points, assuming that's what he gets. Isn't gonna get five million dollars. That's a hundred percent right. So uh just saw all right, because I missed the H, Scott. That's why you were smoothing, not smooth. <laughs> the hell is that? Um uh just me. I don't know. I, I, I don't know because after all, they buy up Panarin. Um, who has a full no move clause? That's eleven million dollars. That is a lot of money that they'd have to do. Um, let's say if they buy out this contract, and I think it's going to include this year. So it's not exactly right. They're um, they're on the hook for. Uh, it, it's going to include. Next year, okay. Ten point nine seven six million for the next three years, and then three point three. That's almost you can't take ten million dollars and eighty points out of your production. It's just not going to happen. Uh, there's there's no way you can do that. Uh, yeah, that's 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 another thing. Uh, they're going to have to get more production out of those guys. That's why I don't like, I don't kind of like what uh, (laughs) I don't, don't like, uh, adding on the all-star team that they're doing right now. Brody bro saying Anthony was, wasn't happy about the no moose claws either. Yeah, no, Anthony, Anthony hung in for a while. And usually he's got a lot of, uh, things he has to do at eight o'clock. So I'm happy that, uh, I'm happy all of you guys are still with us today. 34 of you are still watching right now. We had 30 likes last I checked. This is uh this is why we do this. We we uh, and yeah. But by the way, I also say that too. Oh, you were hitting the alt and the caps all the time. Joe Long is saying maybe it's time for go- to go on to go. I love the moves, uh, jury's made for the most part, but he should. No, you need to be physical in the playoffs. He didn't do that enough here. Yeah, but, I mean, Gowan has a shelf life. And Stat Boy Steven has brought this up. He's not coached the same team for a full three seasons in a row. Keep that in mind because that's what we're going to have to look at soon enough. Um, Yeah, buyouts in general are a terrible idea. Unless it's not going to cost you all that much. Uh, I don't like buyouts and... The, for instance, the Dan Girardi buyout. It's like they couldn't have gotten Tampa to take some of the deal. They they signed him for exactly what they would have been paying him. I do understand that where it was. Yeah, it's not going to happen. It would be nice to see Candra Miller get physical. But again, by the way, Joe, I think this is where we have to accept one thing. This is the consequences of youth hockey not being physical at the lower level. And I don't want to give any kids any chances for concussions or anything like that. But I do think this is a factor when you bring that in. It is, it's something it's, it's, I'm not saying it's beyond. all I'm just saying it's something. It's definitely a reason. Even if the guy has got the size and the physicality, they're not being taught the physical side of the game well into their late teens. So, yeah. Yeah, everybody keeps saying Goudreau will be gone. I don't know about that yet. I know he's got a 15-team, no-trade clause. Uh, we keep talking about physicality and grinding. Although, Tony from uh, Forever Blue Shirts, he uh, did break that the Rangers are going to sign Shattenkirk. He was right about that. Um, um, not the only idiot. I've had other idiots on on. Twitch today. You might be the only idiot, but that's a different story. Um, and my voice is still recovering from yelling, Patty Kane, uh, at the game the other day. Well, I mean, I, Joe, I've kind of beaten the drums that it could be Gallant, too. But you know what? Gallant usually gets the most out of a second season. I think this team isn't valuing the regular season that much. That's one thing. Oh, but by the way, uh, Tommy is going to be right on the Right on the nose in one second. I just want to have some water. As Tommy is saying, Gallant will be on the hot seat with a first-round exit. Yes, he will be. Because Chris Drury won't be because they still have a first-round pick this year and a first-round pick next year. Galant will definitely be on the hot seat in that case. So it's it's – I thought he should have been on the hot seat in December. They pulled things together. Um, but, and Dolan is demanding a cup. And I think that was also a little bit of the Patrick Kane thing. (laughs) No, Patrick, we're all idiots. Not, not, not you, not just you, not anybody else. I mean, um, sometimes I just, uh, I just know that, uh, just me. Uh, Tony is, uh, Tony from forever blue shirts. He's, uh, uh, Guy that me and Scott used to have on our pages went back when I was doing all things rangers and uh and he was doing We Are a Blue Shirt Nation. So uh anyway, yeah. Uh Tampa Tampa likes taking our uh our players, especially defensemen. McDonough has gone, but uh maybe they'll take Drew next. Maybe, maybe, Brody. <laughs> That'll be interesting on that one. All right, Uh, it's 8.43 right now. I'm going to go to 8.50 right now on that. core, if you haven't uh, kept in touch with him, he does a lot of post-game shows too. If the Rangers lost that game against the Blues, Gallant would have been gone more than likely, and that's not that crazy to think about. You are 100% right about that one because I said it, a matter of fact, days before, the Rangers were dead. They were dead and buried, and then they lose the game to the Blackhawks and Truba throws the helmet and they go down. I think they went, I think they went down to nothing tied two two or either way. I know the blues had the lead and then, and then uh, the Rangers ended up taking the lead. And then that was all she wrote on that. But then again, you had to shoot on Jordan Bennington. I think I could score a goal on Jordan Bennington right now. And I mean, right now I'm wearing jeans. And barefoot. <laughs> That's literally it. Um. Yeah, speaking of Tony D, Tony D losing his mind last night. If you guys haven't seen it, and sure, why not? I'll go bring it up for you right now. Uh, I am still in disbelief that there are Ranger fans that believe that this guy should be a uh or, or they're like oh we missed Tony D why uh and also if you guys haven't seen it the projected team Canada um rosters uh I'm just, I'm gonna open up another window because I don't want to lose this one uh but Tony D'Angelo last night uh I'm gonna bring this up for you right now uh and and oh no now I'm looking at myself. Uh, here it is. Tony D'Angelo. Let's get it up. Cause I, I still can't believe it for the life of me that anybody would be this stupid, but as you can see, Tony D'Angelo just goes right on in and just chops him up and just, he just spears him right in the nuts. I mean, I know people don't like Corey Perry guys. But come on, you can't be doing this. And again, there are Ranger fans that believe that this guy, that they should have never gotten rid of this guy. Are you out of your mind? First off, what I'd do right there is, I wouldn't even give him five. You're getting ten. Or it's, depending on the amount, of, I think there's 18 games left, see you next year. Can't be doing that. And at the same time, you have Evgeny Kuznetsov, who spears Filippito. No penalty. We'll get on, on that one. By the way, just something else to bring up. I want to bring this up to you while I have the tab open. You heard me mention it. But the team Canada projections for the for the World Cup of Hockey. I mean, look at this. I gotta I gotta clear the comments. Um look at the goaltending. at the bottom of this that is unbelievable carter hart tristan jari and darcy kemper that's what they're saying could be the team canada's starting goalies compare this to the united states i mean thatcher demko could easily be the starter on team canada now granted by the way with this i couldn't help but look this roster and think trevor zegras not chris Kreider. And or Brock Nelson, for that matter, you need two glue players at the bottom. Not it's not just an all-star team, so we'll see about that. All right, we are right now at eight forty-seven. Uh, let's get to some more of your comments, and then, uh, yeah, horrific goaltending. Um. Uh. Uh, cause sometimes Everest, by the way, right now, what you're saying with this comment, Mark, why do you think Trubo would not waive his no trade clause? His wife can work in another hospital in Chicago. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But it's, it's also players by the time he only, Oh geez. I, I see pops comment right there. Players, when they invest their time, they they got the no move clause cause they want stability. And then they will actually just say, now the team's good. I, w- I want to be here. Drupal wants to win a cup. But in the, the year after next, he's going to have to submit it. It's a long shot to see if he would waive his no-trade clause before that. Uh, a two-game suspension? That's what D'Angelo got. I thought D'Angelo got um, a four, uh, a, an in-person hearing or a phone hearing. That's usually three. But, you know, Department of Players' Safety is on the ball. Always uh, – oh, that was Kuznetsov. Okay. Um, D'Angelo's comments, you'd have to research it. Uh, there's a lot of people that just said he said some racist comments. He didn't. There was something else he said that was inappropriate. It wasn't racist. But Twitter's going to run with that forever, so um, don't worry about that. I'm not going to defend Tony D'Angelo. I don't need to. Chris T was talking about the Canadians goaltending and saying that is, and I mean, the Canadian, the team Canada goaltending. That is a horrific goaltending. The Canadians might have better goaltending than the team Canada. Yeah. Willie, you're right about that. Team Russia is stacked. Absolutely. Sergey Borovsky is not even making that team. Uh, Truba may play. I don't know. We'll see what it's like at the World Cup. Oh, by the way, Core, I like this one. I'm gonna get on that in a second. Granny, it's always good to see you. Trying to listen to the wild game, just popping in through. I'll watch the full thing tomorrow. Great, Granny. And uh good luck to your wild today. And uh we just don't think they have the depth to go all the way, but we're gonna see about that one. Back to he's saying spinning is more dangerous than spearing someone in the knots. Gotta love the NHL. Oh, yeah. It's it it doesn't make any sense, and there are people again. There are people that said that um, Angelo shouldn't have been suspended for the elbow to the head. He clearly was doing to Tyler Mott, who was facing him. Yeah, oh no, Montreal is gonna have good goaltending. And by the way, um, when the Rangers play him, and by the way, phone hearings. It, they gotta be they gotta be more than that. Th- look, the only way you get rid of shit like this is when you toughen up. That is just that. Uh Brody Bro saying, yeah, I'd rather give up uh, my eight mil a year than try to explain to my wife why I waived my no trade clause and why she has to work somewhere that, that she wanted to be. Yeah, this is also where and good night good night, Patrick. I'm gonna be right behind you soon enough. Uh this is also where I, I kind of say all the time, and we had this comment with Ryan Miller when he was did the interview with us during the summer. And that's, you get these guys, it's a family deal. It's not just about their career and and what they want to do. Because you can't just pick up and move your family all the time. It's just not going to happen. And not everybody is just going to live out of a suitcase like Jimmy Vesey. So... Uh the Russian defense is terrible. That is gonna be true. So I mean it's gonna be a fun. Uh well, yeah, by the way, it's still fun to watch, and hopefully they can catch a little fire, maybe even win around. Um uh Brody Bro is staying to core. Also more dangerous than Watson giving Mott another concussion. Love you, George Soros. And Oh, it's actually George Paros. George Soros is something else. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's a different type of evil. Anyway, so that's actually going to wrap it up for the night. I'm going to go uh, start the music right now, guys. Because uh, we if, if, first off, great thanks for you guys for coming in and staying with us late. Um, still got to work out with my cousin about getting this for you. uh able to download it. It's, um... It's going to be an interesting week. I mean, Pittsburgh three times. Christ, I mean, seriously. Who came up with this schedule? Like, are you... Who is that stupid? Hey, I got a great idea. I mean, it, the only thing even dumber is listening to J.J. Abrams and then when you point out plot holes, he goes, no, mystery box. Paint the penguins three times in one week that's ridiculous absolutely ridiculous yeah <laughs> brody bro said paros I like confused by evils take care thank you brody guys yeah and yeah and Batman I oh. and uh, Joe thank you very much Joe says Mark you cool you have a hard time just cutting it off I'm heading out see y'all soon yeah I'm cutting it off too I was hoping to see my girlfriend tonight, and I don't think I'm going to be able to now. But, yeah, Rangers hated to make the schedule. Joe, thank you very much. And also, thank you guys always for watching and always listening. And as I've said in the comments down below, bring on the March Madness. There's going to be plenty of it, not just in basketball, but the NHL as their own version. Jockeying for playoff positions, it is absolutely the worst. And uh, we got another uh, four weeks left in the season, I believe. So there's going to be a lot more that's going to be covered. Hopefully, both New York teams make the playoffs. There we go. All right. So, Andy, by the way, your your photo should be arriving, hopefully, tomorrow. All right. Thank you, everybody, and we will see you next week.